I'd like to begin this episode by thanking some people, people who bear a shocking resemblance to Will's buddy Brian Porkins, Stoned Skeleton, and Jim K. These are all people who have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and kicked us some money and gotten cool stuff in return, like premium episodes of this show, whole other shows. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a, a lot. You can be like them and go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thank you. Cole Ross. You're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Citizen Sleeper, which is a role-playing game developed by Jump Over the Age and published by Fellow Traveler for PC and contemporary consoles in 2022. Yeah. Citizen Sleepy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is a Cole pick. Yeah. Uh, this was on my radar mm-hmm. uh, as a you know notable 2022 game I didn't get to play. Um, now my excuse to not play anything is that we'll do it for the show someday. <laughs> and it's always true. It's great. Uh, so I could just, I could just wait. Uh, but I wish I'd played it before because mm-hmm. this, this occupies a really kind of great little space. Um, yeah. Like, you don't yeah, give, give me something in a six hour disco Elysium. Like, yeah. Can I get like a, a, like a, like a snack sized, like just mechanically interesting enough, but extremely like not even like, narratively satisfying is a weird way to put this because like there's no one big story it's a bunch of like stories of little relationships you know like it's a weird weird game but i really really enjoy it me too yeah it occupies a cool space like the same way that for years we've been talking about how there should be the snack sized jrpg Mm -hmm. i also want the snack sized western rpg Mm -hmm. and this is the snack sized western rpg yeah you know uh it's also along with uh disco elysium um, and my understanding a little bit pentiment, mm-hmm. uh, this kind of really cool way that video games are now emulating other types of tabletop games, not just D and D. Yeah. Not just D and D like non-combat focused tabletop games and those kind of mechanics are being emulated. That's what this feels like. This mm-hmm. feels like a collaborative storytelling game, um, on a computer, mm-hmm. you know, the same thing that like Baldur's Gate was for Forgotten Realms adventuring. This feels like an attempt, you know, it's not a, a a specific system mm-hmm. it's a specific system but it feels like it could just be out of a modern friends at the table style storytelling game yeah uh to me um really mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, in this game, you play as the sleeper. Uh, nobody refers to you by name. Uh, you are a sleeper. Yes. The sleeper is very different. That's a Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... yeah that, is also, uh, that, that, that is also that that is also an EverQuest thing. Oh. Uh, yes, you uh, you play as a sleeper. Uh, you are an emulated human consciousness uh, who is in this android body uh, trying to survive on this space station called Erlin's Eye or the Eye. Uh, you are in this body because uh, of uh, financial reasons. You, you, you had to kind of put yourself into indentured servitude, but you escaped uh, and you have kind of accidentally arrived at this space station that is post-revolution. Yes. Yeah. Uh, explicitly political uh, kind of scenario here, very cyberpunk, all those things. Mm-hmm. One thing that it does in the narrative that it avoids that I'm really happy about is uh, this is not a can a robot be human mm-hmm. game. Uh, I'm a little sick of that. Yep. I, I I don't think it's that interesting anymore. Um, but this is more Soma. Yes. You know, this is much more about the nature of consciousness. And that's an angle on, you know, robotic bodies that works for me. Yes. Uh, quite a lot. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as we mentioned, it plays like a tabletop game down to rolling D6s. <laughs> um, you use dice allocation to kind of determine your success and failure uh, and as a resource. In order to pursue, resolve these very short stories with one overarching goal, but that goal can be different, uh, you know, depending on your path. Right. Um, You have a class. You start by selecting your class out of three options, which gives you your starting stats and a perk. Um, This doesn't have very much effect. These are, uh, it starts, you know, affects the early game and vaguely defines what you can do uh, because this is so short and you have the power curve, you eventually end up mastering like basically everything. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not really having exclusive choices in terms of skills by the end of the game. Yeah. The, the, the your, your choice basically determines like, wh- what are you going to be doing to keep your energy up, to keep your food going, um, at the, uh, at the start of the game. And then you yeah. eventually, uh, start being able to branch out. Uh, you have stats. It's not worth naming them all. Uh, but, uh, there are five of them and you upgrade them, uh, with basically experience points that you get by doing these little mini quests called drives, uh, is what these are. Uh, and each of these stats has perks. These perks are pretty big, uh, from like, I I mean, the one that I beelined for, uh, but, uh, I think everybody does that is just, okay. You roll up to five, uh, D sixes at the beginning of a day. Uh, what if you get bad rolls? I want to be able to reroll them. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> and you can re-roll them any number of them. Yes. You you know, you can use some and then re-roll, which is really great. Yeah. Um, a bunch of these are really powerful. They uh power is kind of a weird illusion in this yeah. game. Like the uh the mechanics of this are important, but they are also doing a little bit of uh sleight of hand. Yeah. You know, in in terms of how they feel. But I, I think that that's really successful. Like we'll talk about that uh a little bit later. But I think that's a cool thing that I want more narrative games to do. Yes. Uh, even if they're tricking me, I'd prefer they make an attempt to trick me rather than give me a novel I can read in any order. <laughs> you know. Um, so your stats that you have modify your dice rolls. Uh, they can either be minus one or up to plus two. We'll talk about that. There are advantages to high and low dice rolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, weirdly, this game is a really, really great one more turn yep. game. Uh, it's kind of got that civilization. Like, I would like to just play one more round, mm-hmm. please, feeling. Because uh, you go in these days, uh, they're called cycles because you're in space and it's the future. Uh, <laughs> it's not called money; it's called digicreds. It's that kind of thing. It's called cryo. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's cryo in this. Uh, gross. Um, I, I kept reading it as crypto. Yes. Um, the uh, and each morning you roll between one and five dice, and that determines the number of actions 
uh, you can do and the result of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the number of your dice is determined by your condition. So this gets into, you know, your meters and kind of the tug of war that is happening between them and the possibility for like a failure cascade early on that eventually evens out. So your condition is like your body's health. This is your HP or what have you. It decays uh, every day. And if you fail at dangerous tasks, uh, that can cause uh, some damage to you as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you're at 80% health, suddenly you can only, uh, roll four dice. dice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, down there. Um, and that makes as a big deal. Like the, mm-hmm. the number of moves you get move economy is the most important thing yeah. of this. Um, you, a lot of the early and mid game is consumed by trying to get this medicine called a stabilizer, which will refill your energy. Yeah. It's rare. You have to do things for it. Sometimes multi-day long quests mm-hmm. to get it. Yeah. Uh, Conditions also linked to your energy. This is like a hunger meter. Uh, This will decay over the course of a day, uh, you know, once by sleeping. uh, And then uh, some tasks will uh, take this, especially on failures. Uh, If you try and do anything while you're in starving condition, this will uh, this will drain uh, your this will drain your condition as uh, as as well. And you can recover this. Uh, either by buying food uh, with cryo uh, with the with the money that you get, or uh, and I think this is really really important is you find non money ways to, to 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 meet these needs. You will end up you know doing a job for somebody, and you'll see that you get energy as a perk. So like you know if you're you know working a shift for somebody, they'll feed you right yeah. if you do a really good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this ends up uh, these two meters and kind of balancing the two. Two things it does, you know, I talk about a lot about illusion uh, in this episode. One is that it is a little bit hard and you can have a failure cascade early on. Mm-hmm. Within, a, you know, a bit, you know, a quarter of the game, you will be invincible. Yeah. Like you you will uh, not have any uh, danger or, or any scarcity really mm-hmm. at a certain point. Um, the other thing is managing those meters and its relation with uh, conversations. Hey, this game remind me a little bit of Reigns. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. a weird kind of way. Uh, the, there's also a clock system, which we'll talk about. But it kind of reminded me of like a less abstracted Reigns. Man, Reigns is good. Writing. Reigns <laughs> is cool. Like Reigns is a really cool game. Yeah. Uh, neat idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and really fun and really perfect on phone. This is something a little bit more robust. Yeah. You know, than that. But it's still kind of it reminded me a little bit of that. Yeah, they, they they do a very good job, uh, especially with condition of making you afraid of what happens. I never ran out of it. You know, MLG, oh, no. MLG strats. Uh, but it, if you, it's an it, easy game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a very it's a game that not only wants you to win, it wants you to win and be able to get any of the endings. Yes, like there are a couple of them that unlock, but you are given you are resourced enough to to do everything. Yeah, yeah. But like it, you know, just well, what happens if I hit zero? I don't want to be afraid of. You know, I want to be. I don't want that to happen. I'm afraid of it. If if you do, like there's an event that happens and you wake up, but it basically just like delevels you. Uh, mm. so it'll take away, uh, you know, uh, one of your stats, it will, uh, you know, take it down by a notch. So you have to do another drive to reinvest it. It's a bad thing, especially if you're going to rely on whichever one it took, but, uh, yeah. it is not dying. You can recover from it. Yeah. You rebuild. Like it, it is a game that wants you to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wants to give you the illusion that you can lose yes. to make winning feel meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you explore the station. This is played like on a big town map. Uh, you're kind of mousing around the, uh, the rim of the eye here going into locations. And when you're, uh, zoomed in on a, on a location, 
uh, it'll give you kind of a handful of actions that you can choose uh, to take there. Yes. Those actions tend to be associated with a die. Uh, there mm -hmm. are some that are just purely mercantile, like you can buy things or sell things, but uh, there's a little slot and you stick one of your dice there. Yeah. Uh, there. And it goes one through six. These are regular human dice, even though they're <laughs> kind of sci-fi pips, but they, in real life, they're human dice. Um, the number of pips on the die determines your chances and the chances are broken down into three categories, uh, positive, neutral, or negative. No. Um, so the value of the die is then modified by your skill. And then, uh, yeah, you get, you get your, your odds. It lays out your odds before you do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, similar to a disco Elysium. Um, the actions can either be safe, risky, or dangerous. Uh, and this basically corresponds to what consequences if you get a negative, uh, outcome. Right. So if it's dangerous, it can affect your condition. If it's risky, it can affect your energy. Mm -hmm. And if it's safe, it will not hurt you, but you might not get a good, you might not get a benefit. Right. Right. And like a positive outcome can be like a really good benefit. So if you were working toward a particular goal at a place, you'll get more progress towards it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's important that uh, the majority of the actions you're going to take are repeatable. There are some that are critical that uh, you can only do you know, once or they're attached to a clock that has a particular number of times. Those are the ones where like the outcome really matters. Again, I'm not sure that there is an outcome in this that will result in a game over. It just closes off certain avenues. So you can like let somebody down, uh, but you know, uh, it won't be the end of the world for you. Yeah. Yeah. You can close off endings, I think is the worst thing that can happen. And it's similar to a modern CRPG kind of philosophy. There are safety endings. Yes. There are endings you can always get. Mm -hmm. um, another major mechanic on this are clocks. Uh, this is something I first saw on tabletop, first saw on Blades in the Dark. Mm -hmm. um, the idea is a uh, location or a situation will have a ticking clock. Um, this will either up go like ratchet up one notch every day or you fill it up with actions. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're doing an action. And it's like fix the drive shaft. A great success will throw two pips on the clock. A you know neutral one will throw one on there. And a negative one will not add to it. No. Uh, and you have to get eight pips on the clock. Uh, to yeah. fill up that meter. And successfully uh, complete the drive shaft or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, this allows there to be time pressure. Uh, on things mm -hmm. which is really good um it gives you you know since this is kind of a life sim like there are life sim elements it give, can give you a routine like you get up and you check and see if uh you know the new frigate has come in mm -hmm. so you can work salvage or buy a device from it things yeah. like that yeah uh and all of this works together to you know establish uh, your routine like you said you do have your priorities and these are going to be governed by your meters you know the resources that you have uh, the deadlines that are in play, uh, and then you have to go around and allocate your best dice for the ones that matter that matter the most. And maybe, you know, you're going to use your best dice in places where you don't have the stats to make up for it. Like a thing about getting a stat fully leveled up is it gives you a plus two. Suddenly that makes, you know, twos and threes that you roll other, <laughs> which would otherwise be these just uh, kind of miserable, you know, they, they don't fit anywhere. But we'll tell you what yeah. you do with uh, the low dies it makes those viable um and a thing that i have uh, heard and people talking about this and read about this is like this is actually like a real you know this is and i kind of felt this too it's a really good um uh kind of emulation of like disability or even just down to like energy and volition right 
Yeah. yeah. I, I think that it really is other than the fact that you can use low dice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a, it's a metaphor that gets 80% there. Yes. Like perfectly. Like, you know, you wake up and it's like, I have this much stuff I'm capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And this, this can be disability. It can also just be humanity, right? Yeah. Like this is, yeah. I think this is a fairly universal thing. I'm not trying to take anything away from mm-hmm. people who are disabled, but like, I felt this, you yeah. know? Um, like this is a three dice day. I have to choose where I can put in my effort. Like I can do mm-hmm. laundry or I can cook a dinner, but I really don't have it in me to do both. Right. You know, um, the kind of general amount of stuff you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that emulates that feeling really well. Yes. The, where it kind of falls down a little bit is when you have, uh, it doesn't end up having a day where it's like, I can do a lot of things, but I can do none of them well. Mm-hmm. Because you can always be a master hacker. <laughs> I've never had a day where I wake up and I'm like, I can't do laundry and I can't clean the house. But God, will I hack into a database? Yeah, you know, like, I will. I'm gonna fucking surf the 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 bright net and uh-huh. just absolutely burn some ice. You know, <laughs> and I get it from a gameplay perspective. Uh huh. Yeah. This is a game first and foremost that has like these kind of art game leanings, you mm-hmm. know, again, you know, illusion is the watchword. Like it's trying no. to make you feel really have the player be in the same situation. The character is in the sense of desperation. Yeah. It is largely an illusion. It yes. is largely just, they want you to just to read the story and get through it. They, but they want you to kind of feel like you might get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I feel like this. Like if you could not use your low dice at all, yeah, it would emulate the feeling a little bit more and it'd be a little bit more like, you know, cart life or something. Yeah, they didn't go full cart life on it. And just yeah. like, all right, well, you've got these ones you have to decide, <laughs> which is also something you have to do. Like, this is stuff that needs done. You have to decide what suboptimal outcomes am I, uh, am I, am I going to well, Not uh, even suboptimal. Like, what, yeah. what, you know, hack, optimal outcomes. Like, you go and hack stuff and it's always useful. Oh, no, no. I mean, just, uh, just I mean, just, I'm talking about if they were to force this to be a, oh, uh, yeah. to, to, to be a cart life thing. Like, shit, man, you got to do this stuff and like, you're going to make this. You're going to fail. You're, you're, at yeah, it. you're going you to you're fail. Yeah. Like it's just you, you like, choose between a chance at eating uh, and or a chance of losing some condition. Yeah. You know, like really, really tough choices. Uh, this does not this game does not do that. It just right. kind of wants you to think that it might mm-hmm. like it's a threat. Yeah. You know, it's it's three kids in a trench coat for that <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, again, I, it's not a problem with the game. I think that no, it, like no. sells it really well. And I, I would rather, uh, I didn't want to be frustrated No, playing this and it felt at odds with what it was trying to get across. Like, we'll talk mm-hmm. about this when we talk about the writing and stuff. This is maybe like 10% a little cloying to mm-hmm. me, like a little hope punk yeah. uh, here, but it wouldn't that if I accept that as their goal, uh, having it be a little harsher and being a little bit of like, fuck you deal with it mm-hmm. wouldn't work with their theming. Right. You know, like we're all not going to make it in the capitalist future relying <laughs> on each other and mutual aid if that's true. Right. You know, so it kind of has to gild a lily a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, you're given no goal except to survive. Uh, really nothing you got to do. Um, and credits are going to only roll after you have, uh, satisfied, uh, some of the major quest lines associated with important people. It's basically like three different people you can kind of like align yourself with, but they're not mutually exclusive. Um, and each of those has two different outcomes possible. Um, yes. and, uh, some of them will let you keep playing, uh, just, uh, there are options where you end up remaining on the station. Uh, and I like that. 
I, you know, more so than a lot of other games feel like there is a lot of consonance between like, I, I don't know. You, you want to feel like getting off, like the, the most dramatic change is going to be the best ending on this, but like over the course of struggling and meeting these people, you know, kind of my realization was every time I thought, okay, this is going to be a big change for the good that involves leaving and ends up being, no, there's a home here. There's a community. And, you know, I don't need to stop. You know, I don't need to get into a condition where I can't play anymore for it to be an ending. My, my, my ending can just be, and then I decided to have the status quo because I fell in with these people. Yeah. It's it's like its own ending. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like a secret bonus ending. Yeah. Um, I think that like, there'd be really no way to, you have to radically restructure the game in ways I can't suggest. Yeah. But part of me wishes this was a thing where instead of being encouraged to do everything, mm-hmm. like uh, the fact that you can stay on the, the station and then just fulfill everyone's dreams. Right. Kind of turns you a little bit into like an oblivion character like yeah. you're not focusing you're just this benevolent saintly green mile character who's gonna go around and just fix things for everyone like I'm, want... I'm the main character i'm gonna fix everyone's problems you know? <laughs> and, and that and that steps that steps back from the uh the, the, the theme just a little bit uh which is <laughs> supposed to be hey we're all supposed to rely on each other or can we rely on this consciousness <laughs> in its inbox yeah l- luckily luckily this guy showed up to solve every single problem on the space station. Like I kind of wish, you know, again, there, there are minor little like what ifs that I have feel about Mm -hmm. this game. I really liked it. I don't want to, you know, after really liking the Hades episode and tons of people being like, you hated that fucking game. (laughs) I like Hades, you know, I, I, I just didn't, you know, but I like this a lot, but there are things that I, I make it more my shit. Uh, And one of them is being a little bit harsher with that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I got a couple of the endings, but eventually I was like, to be true to myself, I'm just going to choose. This is my guy's story. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to play a story about a messiah. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to play a story about a guy who helps in a specific way. Yes. You know, and I, my ending was one that was benevolent and was good for the community, um, and I ended up feeling very satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can go back and just do all the other stuff just for completionism's sake, but I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. I, I. You know that that feels bad to me. Uh, I'd rather just have my story. Mm-hmm. I just, you know? uh, I, I, there's one of them that I just cut bait on. Like I knew it was going to lead to an ending and I was like, you know what? You're seems like you don't need me to help you with this. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's um it, again, it's all part of the, that illusion. Yes. Yeah. You know, in, in a, a really good way. What they're, if you ignore that part, you know, that you're like, you're the Messiah that's going to solve problems for everyone. The mechanics are meant to simulate uh, living in the gig economy. Yeah. Like catch as catch can, you have to work for every meal. Um, you're exposing yourself to risk. Yeah. You know, and how that can fuck you up. Like again, there's like a, a tiny little cart life has been by. Mm-hmm. You know, it's aftershave is in the air. Yes. Yeah. Uh and this is backed up by this world, you know, and the the world building and character building and story, you know, where you're going and finding these connections in the community of, you know, similarly precarious people. Uh, and then just, you know, taking care of each other's needs. You know, you're doing stuff for them because, yeah, they can provide something for you. But uh, over the course of these quests, you end up like, oh, yeah, we like each other. Sometimes yeah. there's some where yeah. it's like, all right, later. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's some douchebags. Yeah. You know, it'd be weird if there are no douchebags <laughs> on the station. Yes. You know? uh, the, the developer talked about this specifically. 
Yeah. Uh, Gareth Damian Martin uh, said, biggest offense against these unsympathetic systems, uh, as I found, is grassroots mutualism. While we can't decide the value of what we earn or the rights we deserve, we can always try to show up for one another when we're needed, when the people around us roll snake eyes. The intimacy of mutual support is essentially how everyone survives this world. Yes. Um, when people around you roll snake eyes, they are hacking into Renraku. <laughs> uh, actually so uh, but like it's it's weird because when i talk about this being a little cloying to me mm-hmm. i agree with that 100 percent in the real world yes like that that's that's my philosophy i love mutual aid that's what i want mm-hmm. from life it just ends up like there's i had this weird nagging feeling about this game and i don't know how i haven't talked to a lot of people about this so i don't mm-hmm. know if this is at all weird to anyone where i just felt it was a little too hopeful like, yeah everything basically works out because of messiah came and did everything for everyone you know, yeah. and I didn't I didn't want it to be grimdark and I, I didn't want it to show like mutual aid is fake. You know? <laughs> there's <laughs> like, there's no such thing as pure altruism. Yeah. Well, well, no, nobody's saying there's such a thing as pure altruism. I, I wasn't looking for someone to, to, to knock that down a peg, but I couldn't help but compare it. Uh, with Disco Elysium, because this is the first of like what I would consider kind of like a Disco Elysium, like, yeah, you know, light mechanics on top of a, a narrative game where the mechanics, mm-hmm. you know, matter to a degree. And like, it ends up feeling to me like it is not as deep a story and not mm-hmm. deep. When I say deep, I don't mean like heady. Yeah. I mean, deep as in it gets to the depths of humanity as much. Yeah. Everyone in this game is a sympathetic actor who uh with the right support you know except for like a couple very outright villains Mm -hmm. but with the right support is worth worthy of your sympathy and with your help they will break good yeah you will break through every single person is a pretty woman like everyone (laughs) is i mean there's nothing wrong with sex workers i'm just trying to think of like and a heart of gold yeah every single one of them is is a, a gruff exterior they're but really they're good people yeah deep down this isn't a game that's gonna swing a, a kuno at you in the first half hour yeah who is also like not a bad guy but it's complicated yep you know there, there's a simple there's a simplicity to the people in this game yeah that yeah. is still uh significantly more complicated than the video game average mm-hmm. like these characters are more complicated than characters in horizon zero dawn yes you know but they're not so complicated as to feel novelistic and real to me yeah it's um so i can i can think of three games that we have done that uh very specifically touch on you know this kind of concept of anarchism you know mm-hmm. to, to to a degree you've got disco elysium you have this and you have uh shadow run dragonfall mm-hmm. and i think dragonfall probably hits like the best balance on those Mm -hmm. while disco elysium is obviously like the shining like the like like the shining beacon of uh, you know kind of really going in and giving you flawed characters who exist in an extremely flawed uh kind of uh you know set of systems you know Mm -hmm. like then you have to really work hard to see the upside and the beauty of martinez or about ravishol right the the difference Uh, between hope and tragic hope yes you know kind of romantic hope yeah. Uh, versus like fully justified hope. Like this space station is going to fucking make it, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I don't know, man, I got uploaded to the consciousness and I'm going to make food for people. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's, of course it's going to make it. It's yeah. Fine. It's, um, yeah. you know, and, and also I think that, uh, this, that this very much could be a taste thing as well. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that that there are lots of people I think who, you know, this is, this is about the level of engagement on this, that they, you know, about the level of, of grit that they want. I want to see more of the downsides on this. I want to see more of the exploitation that is happening outside of having that be expressed in the meters. And, you know, like maybe it feels like it just kind of like barely kisses some of the characters and the events that you see, like, uh, Lem and, uh, what it was at Mina. Like mm-hmm. they get fucked over, like yeah, everybody who works on that gets fucked over in a very particular way, uh, by you know by a corporation or whatever. But you're not seeing an awful lot of like the destitution that is happening up close in this, which I think yeah. is part of the cyberpunk, and you know would at least to my taste offer a little bit of like contrast to heighten you know, some yeah. of the, some of the actual beautiful stuff that happens in this and some of the genuinely like really good pros, you know, it, that, it needs uh, a little medicine to make the sugar go down. Yes. You yeah. know, it, and it's a thing too, where this is totally a taste thing where I know, you know, from talking to people on the Slack and talking to people in real life, there is a wide audience who is sick of stories where things don't work out. Yeah. You know, like it, it can be a, a juvenile thing to only like it if, if bad things happen in stories mm-hmm. and it's it's a tightrope that i walk because i do like it when bad things happen in stories like see, i you know see I the it. see the recent dispatch where somebody asked us like hey you know can you can you account for your taste for things that are especially bleak right yeah. that's pretty like, relevant to this like you know breaking bad or what have you mm-hmm. like there's a lot of humanity that gets revealed with things that are very bleak and bad things happening to your characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I am sympathetic to the idea of people who are sick of sad endings. Yeah. There. I just don't know whether this hit, I think that with a little bit of con more contrast, this would hit the balance a little bit better. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's really good prose. I like my ending. I agree with the philosophy behind the game, but I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily like come to a game to agree with it. Yeah. You know, like it, it reminds me of like a uh, Kyle Kinane, who is a comedian. I really love, uh, who has a thing i was thinking where, of this exact quote while i was playing yeah like where where people he talks about like you know he doesn't want to become one of those comedians who doesn't tell jokes he just says things the audience agrees with <laughs> and then you, people get home he's like hey you saw kyle was it funny he's like yeah i, I don't know i agreed with a lot of what he said though <laughs> you know and like the, they're different things yeah. you know and i think the 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 kind of comparing this to disco elysium which is impossible for me not to mm-hmm. the poetry of that and the way that there were parts of it that challenged me Mm-hmm. You know, and challenge kind of what I thought. Uh, like that game got some flack for not being 100% full on tanky pro communist. Mm-hmm. But having those ideas show up with a little bit of edge to them, mm-hmm. you know, not being presented as unalloyed good made it a lot more meaningful for me. Yeah. You know, uh, this in this game, I am in the pocket for it. I 100% agree with what it's what I want. It's not mm-hmm. what I think necessarily is. And my character embodies it perfectly. Yeah. So like home run, my guy just did it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You save the, you save the world and you save the hearts <laughs> of everybody. And there's definitely yeah. a market for that kind of thing. But for me, it was a mild detriment. Yeah. Like it made the whole thing feel a little bit less deep. And again, not heady, but like didn't reach as deep into my heart. There are moments in this, you know, where it's, you know, goosebumps on the goosebumps on the forearms. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, just uh, like just a very poignant, very well expressed uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, prose uh, concepts here. Uh, very good. Um, mm-hmm. And I would like to see a little bit more grit or would have liked to see a little bit more yes. grit in this um, uh, in order to really heighten that 
uh, for me. Mixture's just, you know, off while having me still, you know, really enjoy the time that I spent with this. Yeah. It's, it's the difference between something that is uh, an absolute paradigm changing game mm-hmm. and something I think is like, oh man, give me more of this. Yeah. Like this is, you know, this is really good. I'd like there to be more of these. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't redefine what I think about games like a Dark Souls or a Disco Elysium, but it is something that I'm very welcoming of more. Yes. You know, yeah. um, artistically, this is really nice. Uh, there are character mm-hmm. portraits that are done in this like cute kind of bordering on 80s space anime yeah, way, yeah. a little like Macrossy mm-hmm. uh, characters. They look great. Um, they're real puffy. Yeah. You know, everybody's kind of got like chubby chibi. Uh, <laughs> it does do the anime thing where the oldest looking character in the game does look like a 35 year old with a wig. <laughs> like the villain guy who is supposed to be this like old yeah. evil man. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks like a. I know eventually there are a couple of actual old people, but there's a very funny uh, anime yeah. old man in this. Yeah. I mean, it's to the point where like, wait a minute, he was around for the revolution. Shouldn't he be dead? And yeah. they say, oh, you're, and it's like, oh, you did see, you, you know, you you really aren't aware of like what the rich have at their disposal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, lo- is, which is true and everything, but it does. <laughs> it also doesn't change the fact that like the single father you do a lot of quests for does look like he's maybe 16. <laughs> oh gosh yeah but those portraits were done by uh william uh singlin uh the music in this is great i fucking love mm-hmm. this this is going to be everyday listen every day is probably putting it too much but it's going into the collection of ambient game music that i listen to really spacey contemplative there are some real good melodies in this uh this mm-hmm. was composed by amos roddy yep uh well done uh, the main designer of this is Gareth Damian Martin, uh, uses non-binary pronouns. Uh, they uh, began development after they had finished their first game, In Other Waters. Yeah, I'm interested in checking that out. After I've been played this, I had never heard of In Other Waters. Yeah, same. Yeah. And interested in what they do next. Yeah. Uh, they had gotten into playing uh, tabletop games like Blades in the Dark um, and listening to actual play podcasts while they were developing uh, that game. And actually, uh, this was going to be a little bit more of a Blades in the Dark kind of thing. Uh, the original concept was going to be about surviving as this thief in a medieval city uh, mm-hmm. as you ultimately uh, affect kind of the political outcomes there uh, over the course of the game. But uh, it was changed to this sci-fi cyberpunk kind of deal uh, pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah. Give me either of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the main subject matter, you know, inspiration, as we mentioned before, uh, was Martin's experience living on the margins of capitalism, uh, as a non-binary person, uh, working in the city as a gig worker. Mm-hmm. Not great. No. You know? Yeah. No. And, uh, that informs kind of the systems here, uh, that they, you know, tried to set up. It's a little bit, um, frustrating probably isn't the right word just because the the big draw on this is the story. So like a lot of the interviews end up being about the, you know, the writing and the concept and stuff. I wanted to read more about, uh, like the, the system design, right? Like Mm -hmm. what were you trying to model in this? What experiences like specifically went into here? What were some versions that didn't work? Um, but, uh, what I did get kind of the most mechanically, um, uh, focused interview that I saw was Martin talking about, um, it's like, okay, create this kind of minimum viable product to get the stories out there, um, mm-hmm. and make it expandable. Like this is a game that is getting story upgrades, um, or story updates uh, as it goes, like additional content. Those have not re- all released as of the time that we're talking about this. So we're only hitting the main game, but like, I totally see this as an expandable, you know, kind of rule set or setting that can get more, you know, spot books. 
Yeah. 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 It's a, the idea behind those DLC is to expand the system and all of this lore. I imagine they're sitting on a big lore Bible for this whole, you know, tabletop setting. Um, when, uh, and, and wanting to use it like any ADM, you know, uh, when writing the stories, they talked about wanting to keep everything at this uh, smaller scale. You know, they said, said Mass Effect's Commander Shepard just reminds them of their old bosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that kind of character uh, is not interesting no. to them. And they do a good job of that. That This is all small stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the scale is correct. Yeah. Uh, uh, they cite Diaries of, of, of a Spaceport Janitor, a game that I have every intention of playing, but just it always falls to We'll do it for the, the show list. someday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's. I'm sure we'll do it on the show someday. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I, love, I love the way that they're just chiming in with that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, lead, the leader will, will tell us what to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah don't, don't worry about it. But that was uh, that was an inspiration for the uh, for the story scale, uh, and also a a book that I bought immediately uh, called "The Mushrooms at the End of the World" about the uh, the the, the Masitake mushroom trade. Mm-hmm. uh what being the uh the inspiration for kind of the game's economics yeah you eat a lot of mushrooms in this game yeah uh so this released to ride acclaim uh received a handful of award nominations uh there kind of surprisingly i haven't read as much criticism of it as i thought i would mm-hmm. you know like it, it does feel like it it ended up on so many people's uh like games i wanted to play last year and didn't mm-hmm list like i was shocked that none of the youtube critics that i usually go to have done an episode on this yeah it seems incredibly up their alley mm-hmm. yeah uh, we're just talking about the base game uh because all of those dlcs haven't come out i also like unlocked one very early on and then it said this is end game content mm-hmm. and i was like i don't know what that means <laughs> what is this game like yeah what what, is, what how powerful do i have to be and then by the time i knew i was very powerful I was, I wanted my character's story to end. It didn't feel like my character would keep adventuring. Yeah. The one that I I saw was specifically about taking care of refugees uh, who had arrived, uh, which is like neat. Like that is, you know, a a wrench that can be thrown into a system like this. Um, I, yeah, I just uh, didn't pursue it for similar reasons. The beginning of that quest, which I did do, began with filling up like a bunch of meters with resources. Yeah. So I don't, I'm sure, you know, I trust the, the writing on this game enough to know that that's not all it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It didn't start with a great foot forward though. Yeah. It just seemed like it's the end of the game. We know that we turned you into the God of money at the end of this, this game. Mm-hmm. So you have unlimited resources. We just need you to have a place to sink them. Yeah. And, and refugees are a fine place to sink them, but it felt a little cart and horse mm-hmm. uh, to me at the time. And it didn't keep me moving forward. I'll probably revisit this whole game mm-hmm. when all of them are, released that's a uh, and, benefit of yeah. this being so brief yeah it, it won't take too long especially now they have my feet under me and there were endings i didn't get mm-hmm. so i i would pursue avenues and ignore ones i did yeah you know uh just like i i know what happens down this spoke mm-hmm. i don't need to do it <laughs> yeah. I, I will leave that vending machine locked up yeah that, that person you know this person can fend for themselves they don't need <laughs> to have a weird saintly robot come through and do every single thing for them <laughs> Like, run your own goddamn bar. <laughs> like, figure it out. Um, yeah. So I, I'm play through as a little bit more of a, uh, you know, a real me, me kind of guy. Just trying. <laughs> just trying. I, I listen, I'm a, I'm self-centered. I only want to help refugees. So that's all I'm going to do. 
<laughs> I'm so self-centered. I'm not going to help you with your restaurant startup. It's just refugees, baby. <laughs> oh man. Uh, note on the structure for this. Uh, you know, we're going to do like the opening and getting on your feet section kind of linearly, but eventually, you, you know, we're going to get into talking about whole quest lines at once. You're going to be uh, kind of going around the buffet and uh, uh, working on these, <laughs> working on these chafing dishes, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, bit by you know, bit. Bit by bit. Uh, you're not going to play the game the way we're going to talk about it. No, you can't. You can't really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's get into it. waking up on the station you are in what amounts to a coffin uh what is uh you know uh, allowed you to survive this uh this shipwreck that uh you know killed everybody else uh and you're in here and i, I love this as an open opening because it is talking about the moment to moment uh kind of experience of being a sleeper again this emulated mm. human consciousness uh, you know, forked off of your original identity, uh, put into this body, just kind of this all pervasive, like input and display lag that happens just, you know, just fractions of a second, but it's enough to always feel wrong. Yeah. It seems like it sucks. Yeah. Uh, your backstory, um, you attempt to escape with several other sleepers. Think like the beginning of Blade Runner, mm -hmm. uh, the, the freighter was wrecked and you're the only survivor, uh, kept in this coffin container. Uh, the person who salvaged you was this uh, guy named Dragos. Wakes you up, recognizes you for what you are immediately, yeah. uh, and warns you about the the space station. This is very inhospitable. Um, listen, if you want to stay in this empty cargo container nearby, I'll turn the other cheek. Yeah. I'll, I'll look away. <laughs> um, and he starts. He offers you work. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, hey, do you want to help me process scrap from these derelict vessels? I buy, you know, sc scuttled ships mm -hmm. and tear them apart. I'm a hard space shipbreaker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to a soft space. I got I have more soft skills shipbreaker in my resume. <laughs> Can I? I just Sherlock and, and Watson will never date. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that. But. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I do like this. Like, Hey, you can work for me. Also, here's a box you can sleep. In. I, you want to sleep in the box? 20 bucks a night. Like, you're just really great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, he also mentions, Hey, there's this doctor on the station who may know how to fix your, you know, your, 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 your damaged body. Uh, you are, um, uh, so sleepers are, uh, not technically considered people. Like you do not legally have, have rights. And in fact, you're going to find out you're being hunted because you're technically corporate property. This uh, corporation called S and ARP, uh, basically started putting mines and robot bodies to get around AI laws. The, the, the rules lawyering of this is so funny. Mm -hmm. This whole thing, like AIs are very illegal, but it's not an AI. It's a person that we put in a robot to make a slave, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, and I don't know who they're accountable to. Uh-huh. Like they keep talking about how it how it is, you know, it bends the rules and gets around this restriction. It's just like 
it, but, what what a uh, rules agency would allow this but not that <laughs> you know um just like sl- human slaves but, but they like, talk, if you're gonna allow this they talk about a government at the core we're so far away from that uh, yeah, it, it, it's got nothing to do here yeah yeah um so uh there's an active event at the end of this first cycle um it's at this entrance of the habitation block uh, we go through one real quick thing. If you're playing this on switch, uh, you scroll through the ship painfully fucking slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, it runs just fine on switch. It's a good switch game because it's turn after turn. For some reason, that speed is so goddamn slow. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same way on computer, but like you move very slow. I played it on steam deck. Uh, mm-hmm. And yes, you do go through very slowly. I, I do not know, understand what the, the point of that is. No. Um, I wanted fast travel, which is really weird since it's basically looking <laughs> over a board game. Yeah. It's a menu. <laughs> yeah. It's a menu. I wanted to be able to fast travel from one end of the menu to the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, that, yeah. That's a, that's something else about this. Like, man, a lesser game would have had you going around. It would have made this much smaller. It would have had you like walking, you know, past yeah. people and stuff. Like the fact that this is basically just a menu. Oh man, my heart just, just pitter patter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, game book, mm-hmm. you know, uh, very much so. So we're heading to the doctor. Yeah. You know, that, that's going to take a look at us. We go and talk to the doctor. The doctor's name is Sabine. Uh, and they tell us what we already know. You know, our yeah. body is dying. Uh, an ARP doesn't put stabilizer on the market. Uh, you have this planned obsolescence. Like, yes. basically, you need to have this juice uh, or you'll die. And they put that in their robo-slaves. Right. To keep you there and to keep you dependent. Uh, there's a possibility, though. Uh, this clinic is technically run by the criminal organization here, kind of the alternate power structure here called the Yadigan. Um, I, I like their uh, boxed rice products. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they've got some smugglers. Zatarans? Yes. Difference? Okay. It took me a second. I was yeah. like, I know it was Ohio magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a bit, little bit, probably like 20% too much of a stretch. I just wanted to make a reference to Zatarans. I got a dude. Zatarans. Those commercials are so good. <laughs> Zatarans. Mm. <laughs> just like real rock and roll rice. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, the Yadigan may be able to have some smugglers, get some stabilizer onto the station. Uh, it's going to yeah. take a little while. This is going to be introducing you to, uh, you know, one type of clock, like, Hey, check back here in a few days while yeah. your body, while you're operating your on, decaying. yeah, you're on three and then two dice. It's real bad. Yeah. Your opera, the, the beginning where they enforce the scarcity. Yes. Um, your first night, you go back and sleep. You have nothing else you can do. And you have a dream. Uh, your consciousness leaves your body. And you sense uh, this like node map of the station, allowing you uh, eventually to swap back and forth between mm-hmm. them. So you can see the physical space, but you can also see the matrix. Yes. Of this. Uh, next morning, our, our condition is degraded. We have three dice here. Uh, and we go around, make money, and eat food. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing whole really to do. We're killing time until we can hear about this uh, stabilizer. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next night we uh, uh, learn, oh, there's some heat. So we perceive this network uh, graph and we can see uh, these kind of threads. One is uh, connecting. We're being monitored by the station itself, something mm-hmm. toward the core, but also way off in the distance. We're connected. Something is tracking me and getting closer um, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And one of these, these threads leads kind of deep into the station that we go through. This, mm-hmm. this We see the sphere that is above this angular body yeah. that, that's coming towards us. Uh, we wake up and now we can swap. We can go to the matrix, uh, see the data cloud and do hacking. Uh, again, hacking is what you do with low dice amounts. Depending on the uh, kind of affiliation, 
of the hacking node, it will either require a one or a two or a three mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, and this plays into the story only in the beginning of the game. Yeah. Eventually, this just becomes a real reliable way to turn low dice into money. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we can work for Dragos at the start. He's kind of our tutorial uh, NPC uh, kind of guy doing enough salvaging, like getting him back in business. Uh, but he instead uses this little headway you give him to go further in debt, buying this new Hulk called the Winter Light on credit, uh, yes. hoping to flip it. Yep. Uh, f- go flip yourself. <laughs> the uh, uh, Going through the market um, and exploring it enough. So a lot of times the way this works, just for people who are using this as a service, you go to an area and it's called like residential district. And you'll have an option that's kind of a basic interaction option to either like buy food or trade or something. But then you'll also have like become a regular, explore, you know, uh, become known to the people. And when you do that, it opens up more kind of sub nodes mm-hmm. of the space. So doing that eventually in the market enough um, allows you to locate this street food vendor, uh, this guy named Emphis. Uh, he's this big dude. He's got these weird scars on his arms and he's very focused on cooking up uh, mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, mushrooms grow in space everyone here eats mushrooms yes uh and he asks you for a story um he gives you offers you a free meal if you tell him your story yeah uh and he that's going to be a quest line we're going to follow where we get him new and exciting ingredients to tell him new and exciting stories yeah and then eventually learn what his deal is yes yeah, yeah. Uh, so again while you're exploring one of these days a young guy named feng hails you down saying like hey i'm in this system engineer for havenage havenage is like the uh the uh trade union that uh runs this place Mm -hmm. uh post-revolution uh you know associated with kind of keeping this place going but also you know keeping resources and stuff coming in um and he has some work for us like saying like hey i know you're a sleeper obviously know what you are uh come visit me in my office in a couple of days and this is going to be a major quest yeah uh sabine gets the stabilizer in um, explains like basically uh, that it's it's like this bioorganic password updater, like it, it you know increases your firmware. So, <laughs> um, your body's relationship to your organs has corporate DRM. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not GOG. Uh, the first dose is free, uh, but you're going to pay for the next one. And she says nothing is free, sleeper. Uh, yeah. Again, trying to do this capitalism theming. Yes. Uh, so uh, now we're kind of in uh, the uh, NPC zone. We're ta- yep. talking to some folks, going to knock down some of the shorter quest lines here. Uh, finishing up with Dragos. Uh, I did not get a good ending for Dragos. I got too no, curious. No. Yeah, Dragos didn't like me either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what the good ending for Dragos is. No. Uh, I also got too curious as well. Right. Um, so you uh, you can look do this kind of forensic examination of the Winterlight uh, before you have to do this before Dragos orders it completely dismantled. Or loses his nerve. We have two competing clocks uh, here. Right. And we find out uh, this is well-maintained old ship had a catastrophic reactor failure following a controlled explosion from the outside in order to get into its airlock. Yes. Uh, and through this examination, we find there are all kinds of compartments around, you know, tucked away in places where it wouldn't show up on scans. Uh, it's a smuggling ship. And there's an inventory list that we find. So we have shipbind ROMs, uh, Shimmer, cryo chain codes and then a passenger who was a sleeper yes uh ship mind rom ship mind roms will make sense eventually yes. this is going to be like a, one of the doodads that you had to collect a lot mm-hmm. um so there's another sleeper on board who's likely died in the explosion uh we find a vial of stabilizer in this compartment it's one of the things like when you get far enough along in these quest lines 
uh, a lot of times the reward is a vial of stabilizer, mm-hmm. which gives you enough condition to do another quest line to get another vial of stabilizer. Right. Uh, generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there's an open question on this, you know, and just we've pulled at the thread saying, all right, we have two ships carrying sleepers that came into the same yard, one right after the other, one blown up as an obvious, uh, you know, case of sabotage, right? Somebody was yeah. coming after them looking for something, one of the ship down. What's the deal with that? Before we can put it together, Dragos comes in and says, hey, enough what is enough here. Yeah. yeah. This is, you're supposed to be tearing this thing up and you have the option, like when you're doing it, like you can de- do forensic stuff or just dismantle, mm-hmm. you know, like you can just do the job Dragos hired you to do yes. if you want. This is you uh, farting off at work. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're checking Twitter uh, <laughs> and he, he catches you checking, checking work Twitter <laughs> and uh, is like, listen, you know, you say like, hey, where do we get these ships from? You know, there was a sleeper there. I have some sleeper solidarity. There's a mystery mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And he basically says, we don't, we don't care. Like mm-hmm. we cut the ships apart. That's what we do. They're part of something I don't want to know. Like this doesn't matter. Yeah. And he basically fires you. Yeah. Like, listen, you know, I don't hate you, but you can't work here anymore. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to take your container away. Like you can still sleep in the box if you want to, but don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> I, would, I would love it if he just sealed the box up out of spite. Just Weird, welded it. Weirdly enough, you get like a bunch of havens in this. Yeah. Like for a six hour game that takes place on a board game, you end up with like three apartments. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, at th- this point I was very grateful because I still wanted my container. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the places we can go early on. Uh, so the, sh- the, the station is kind of, uh, segmented off. There are gates where you have to pay, uh, yes. to go, to go forward. You're not going to have a lot of money at the start to kind of open those up, pay the people that you need. Uh, and one of the places where you can go and do um, stuff. Man, that but, reminds me real quick. Can we do a, a quick segment of, uh, TV tropes set at worst? Sure. Uh, there's a section I was refreshing my memory because I beat this before my my wedding, before my honeymoon. I was trying to get ahead so I didn't have to work on my trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was refreshing my memory reading the TV tropes. And one of the things they were talking about how this game uh, fails to tell its anti-capitalism message because you can't play it without spending money to get to those new locations. <laughs> you you it, criticize it society, yet you live it was, in it. Strange. It was an absolutely straight example of of that (laughs) i saw that too and i got i was like jesus every once in a while like that website man uh it gives and it but it takes it takes and it takes and it takes there there is there it's it it is not free yeah money it's it's not but it's not free you will pay a cost i'm just like fuck man like surely you've seen why this is dumb thanks Uh, Thanks, yeah. Ben. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Funny. Shapiro. <laughs> yeah. Everything I sell into Aquaman. Uh, yeah, it was very funny. Oh, and I was like, God. okay, there's money in it, so it's not anti-capitalist. I got you. <laughs> um, anywho. Uh, so, yeah. So, right now, we're stuck on the first kind of strut. Yes. Uh, and we go to the bar. Um, and the first time we go there, a bigot, uh, you know, I don't trust a man what's made out of gas, and throws a glass at you because uh, you're a robot boy. And uh, the owner uh tala kicks him out uh kicks mm-hmm. his friends out uh helps you clean your wound she is saintly yes um and she offers you uh work as a bartender mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh you know it, it kind of dangles the possibility of room and board later on that never happens but this does end up being a great way to feed yourself 
um, eventually if you get yeah. uh, get all this through. Uh, but also, this is a way that you're going to earn money um, if you uh, specialize in the engage skill. So basically, anything that involves like directly relating to people or um, uh, like taking risks. Uh, that is what this job uh, kind of entails, uh, doing these bartender shifts, working for folks like the more engaging you are, the better tips you get. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, this is uh, also a place where you can buy one of the two early food options. So we can yes. go back to our mushroom guy and spend 15 on food, but she sells discount rations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't want those to dry up. No. Yeah. Uh, she work a few shifts for her. Um, eventually she asked you to move this big metal vessel that she has in her back room. Uh, and you, we see that her, uh, supplier here flaked out. So she's running out of liquor. Uh, they make this mushroom liquor. So she's going to start a distillery, uh, to make liquor, you know, DIY. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get to work. You can go in and cut up this, uh, this vessel to eventually craft just the, 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 the distilling equipment, uh, that yes. you need. Um, and then, uh, you know, to get your own kind of local supply, you've got to go and get some uh, spores of the basic mushroom, the Girol, um, in order to make the mushroom uh, liquor uh, to grow those. You're going to have to cross the gap and get over to the Greenway. We'll talk about that. Big, like, jungle on the other side of the station. Yeah. Uh, the liquor is ready after a few cycles. Uh, when you drink it, it tastes really bad, but then you add a little water and apparently it's very good. Yeah. Um, this is where you get to do role playing. Um, you can be very supportive of Teller. You can kind of give her shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not feel like a playful giving her shit relationship was earned or set up. No, it's real weird. Like she's introduced by saving you for from racist mm-hmm. who throw a bottle at you and, and literally bandaging your your Christ like figure wounds <laughs> as you come to save the station. <laughs> and then you can be like, well, not bad for a first attempt. I've drank worse in a you know yeah. Sarkozyan cruiser. Like you you can do. Like, it's not quite that bad, but it's, it just didn't feel right. It yeah. was a weird choice, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we made good liquor. Uh, you know, Tala tells you uh, her story. Um, her father established this place when they came there as refugees. The Overlook wasn't their first choice as a name. They naturalized it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they translated the word for the Overlook from their home world of Batanian. Um, You know, so they, they became, you know, they changed their names on Ellis Island for, yeah. for the ships to, to fit in. Um, and she decides to rename it. You can tell her what she thinks. Yeah, they're still, and you celebrate yeah. and toast. Mm-hmm. And then she unveils kind of the, the gift saying like, hey, you know, we're proper, you know, we're not just a bar uh, right anymore. We, we, we've got a kitchen. She unveils yep. it for you. And here you can take any of your excess uh, mushrooms that you have uh, and cook them up. Yep. You can cook yourself. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Avnis. Um <laughs> Yeah. This is the major reward at the end of this quest line. Like, and it's huge. It, it is going to help you, you, you know, I don't necessarily feel like it's the best decision that you get that invincibility head of steam mm-hmm. where you're the Messiah that can do everything in this game, yeah. but it does activate my reward parts of my brain, like doing these little quests and going, jumping through all these hoops. There's a little bit of like, I'm doing everyone's work for them yeah. feeling, but you get a major power jump, yeah. like being able to just cook mushrooms, which you can go and readily get, um, is huge. Yes. You know, really big. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just part of uh, making this place home, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, exploring this kind of rotunda area enough allows us to meet this mercenary named Ankika. Um, she, uh, she's stranded. She asks you want to earn some money, helping her carry some plating to her dock. Right. Uh, and, you know, I'm yes man in this game, <laughs> you know, so of course I will. 
Yeah, I'm not yeah. doing anything else. Hey, maybe yeah. there maybe there's a meal in it. Maybe I'll get yeah. maybe I'll get some blinces if I paint this guy's fence. Yeah. I don't have hobbies or interests. Yeah. My hobbies and interests include helping refugees, helping people create stills, helping people do everything. Uh-huh. Uh, that is my own I do not exist as a person in this. <laughs> no. Oh man. Uh it's uh it, it is very um uh idealistic is the wrong word. It's very idyllic. Yeah, uh, in, in in a way, which is like what, like what if a person could just exist for the community? Like, I like that. I think that is where you know. <laughs> what, a, what a weird! I didn't think. I don't think the game is doing anything with this, but that just made me think. Like, isn't that kind of another kind of slavery? Like, <laughs> Jesus, the, the, like no, he's, no. I'm saying like you know he he's off to mine rocks. You know, your uh-huh. guy, and he doesn't have a personality, a presence. That's very mm-hmm. dehumanizing. That's the point of that kind of work. Yeah, him coming here and just literally just being a task rabbit mm-hmm. for everyone, no matter what they want. Yeah, like it also feels a little bit like. I don't know, like I think, yeah, yeah, like I think that the the difference between this and like a Harrier Dubois is that Harrier Dubois has interest and wants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you're not really playing a a character in this. Yeah, you're, you're playing you're, a helpful avatar. Yeah, and you're like getting social benefits on the uh, like like on the back of that, but it's not systematized. Yeah, uh, that like the only. Uh, that that is one of the places where this as a life sim with as few meters as it has kind of falls down which is you're really not uh your your immaterial needs are not systematized no yeah. well and all of the socializing stuff is all pretty one way street yes you know your reward for doing these things for these people is that they said that they open up to you and tell you their life story mm-hmm. you don't have a life story which like right. that's very common for video games, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's also true of of most video games where you have companions where you do enough stuff for them to open up yeah. to you. It's just this weird thing where the the aim of this is a little bit more artful, and it is a little bit more artful mm-hmm. than that. But it again illusion, right? Like you yeah. you disbelieve the illusion a little bit, and it's like well, I'm just doing this stuff until I get your story and get a serum mm-hmm. file at the end. Yeah. Like it it's it's really kind of blurry. Yeah. in a way that's kind of interesting yeah you know um you know the, the idea that somebody exists purely for the community like i love the community i try to help people and mm-hmm. re- i'm not trying to come off as i'm i don't think of myself as a cynical or unkind person at all like i i you know live to give but mm-hmm. i uh i also have my own interest in stuff yeah yeah it's important to me that i also exist as a bespoke being in addition to those things <laughs> right yeah uh it'd be you know i think that also some of the lack of your character having a story outside of the way that you interact with folks here mm-hmm. uh i think that is serving a little bit to make the sleeper a cipher you know yeah. and which, that's 100 percent what it is yeah you know? yeah and it's just, just ciphers are weaker characters than not yeah, in, yeah you know 10 times out of 10 in video games mm-hmm. like having a cipher will mean a weaker story I, I I really want to underline though the stance of the show is not that uh, uh, doing a bunch of favors for people is its own form of slavery. No, <laughs> but if you are a crafted being who can mm-hmm. only do favors yeah. for people and have no interest of your own, that also seems like a kind of dehumanization. Is my point? I guess. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, she's stranded uh, because someone stole the ship mine from her ship, the Ambergris. Uh, ambergris uh so she was docked for repairs someone took it and she'll pay you to help her put her ship back together here so you get the hull repaired over a couple cycles but she needs a ship mined um she gives you the money uh for helping and she said i'm gonna kill you if you screw this up uh, getting (laughs) here there are multiple ways to get a ship mined yes which i like a lot um you can just straight up buy one 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll show up on kind of rare events. Um, if you get enough money, uh, um, you can uh, trade at the Ort Exchange, which is kind of a, like a stock exchange gambling mm-hmm. thing, and gain access to their fabricator where you can take pieces of ship mines. Yeah. Uh, there. They're also worth a lot of money. So if you weren't pursuing this story mm-hmm. quest, you can build one and sell it and yeah. get really at, far ahead on a different. You know, that's a theoretical choice because you really have no choice but to help everyone in this game. But mm-hmm. if you theoretically, it is a uh, an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you uh, uh, I chose to do the Ord Exchange, open up the uh, the fabricator and then uh, there's kind of a random chance to it. So like uh, at the rotunda, kind of at the spaceport there, uh, there are going to be merchant ships and salvage ships coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you can work shifts on them and uh, get money. And you can also buy from a limited stock of uh, items they're going to sell to you. There's a chance that there's going to be uh, ship mine fragments in there. Yeah. Uh, you get a you random get... thing and you have a certain budget. You yeah. can only make three buys. Right. Yeah. Uh, and when you get enough, you can put this kind of CPU together, uh, you know, for her ship in order to make it, uh, you know, seaworthy, spaceworthy, vacuum worthy. Yes. Um, uh, so she can, uh, go, go and do her mercenary work and you return it to her. She says, Hey, I've identified the thief. I know who they are. It's someone named Ashton who has crossed the founder's gap. This, uh, kind of big, uh, open gap in the rim where a ship crashed, uh, to get to the greenway, kind of this, uh, you know, frontier, this jungle on the other side. Uh, she can't go after him because he will notice her right away in her ship. But us as just this random guy, the sleeper, uh, we will be able to get close. Uh, and this is the way you want to do this. You could go over there before that, but if you do it through this quest line, you get a discount mm-hmm. crossing the gap. I really like these are one-time fees. Yeah. Uh, I, I paled when I saw how much <laughs> yeah. it costs for the ferry, the ferry. And I was like, fuck man. Yeah. Like I'm going to spend all my time grinding, but no. <laughs> uh, you, you pay once and you get access. Uh, so you go across uh, to the wilds uh, there. We're going to talk about the greenway at length uh you know because it plays into these other quest lines for here we're just searching for ashton yeah um and we spend some cycles kind of doing that um going up and you can go up ahead and uh sneak up on him to see what he's doing uh here uh, i think i called uh called Ethkika right away i didn't mm-hmm. sneak up on him um there are a couple different choices in how this can work out yeah for me and kita she uh snuck up on me like i went ahead without her uh and she takes a like we're being shot at we're taking fire yeah. Yeah. yep uh he's shooting at us um she gets him to stop attacking by threatening you know the sleeper uh who is uh there that he's working on that mm-hmm. ashton's working on it's in the middle of some kind of transfer right there. um and ashton knows her uh he stole the ship mind because he was using it to save the sleeper who he loves mm-hmm. uh and she and she says why didn't you tell me he's like you wouldn't have understood if i asked right yeah yeah uh, and you know, it looks like Ashen is about to get Ankita to not try for revenge, but he will not listen to her, uh, when she's telling him like, Hey, stop moving, stop, you know, just you're, 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 you're uh, making me tense. Uh, and then yeah. she opens fire and kills Ashton, uh, and the, and the sleeper thinking that he was going to, you know, kill us. So he could, uh, continue, uh, working on the sleeper, trying to keep it alive. Yeah. Uh, after a couple of days, you can meet back with at the Greenway and she shows you she dug graves for them Yeah, uh, there and she gives you money and you can throw the money in her face. No, they're like, this is meant to uh, be like sleeper solidarity, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like you were supposed to, I had a lot of options to try to stop her because there was a sleeper there. Yeah. My, if the game is doing things to make me uh, want to have that kind of bond with sleepers, mm-hmm. um, it didn't, I didn't get that right. from the game. I was like, this is an emulated consciousness. Like this is a person. We are a people who are treated differently. So mm-hmm. like, I don't want bad things to happen to you, but I'm also not going to jump in front of a bullet for a stranger. Yeah. You know who did this. So I got the same ending you did, but I felt like I got the bad ending. Yeah. Of this. Yeah. You blame um, just uh, uh, unlike a lot of the NPCs, she just straight up goes away. Yeah. You know, like I got, I got on ending and I got uh Dragos's ending, but like, pretty much like right back to back. And I was like, Oh man, I'm just everyone's leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy, uh, so there's a guy named Caster. We go to this uh, neighborhood in low end. And if we gamble enough, we get in good. And we meet this guy, he plays a uh, Tavla, you know, space game, uh, mm-hmm. cosmic chess uh, named Caster invites you over. Uh, and he wants to see if somebody who has a sleeper mind plays differently uh, mm-hmm. than that. Uh, you play a game and he talks about sleeper emulation, you know, uh, asking you like pointed questions. I was really expected this guy to be uh, a really important guy because he lets on like he knows more, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, than he does he's like you know does it make you feel doomed or driven you know he's like man this guy is like my creator or something Mm -hmm. uh, here but no uh, you just lose the game and he says like hey i'm gonna buy any data that you have yeah um so it just becomes a place to sell uh data when that stops being a story concern and you're just putting your ones and twos in there in order Mm -hmm. to uh, get money yeah um it's not even just money like he gives you good stuff um, yeah. uh, he, uh, will get you a ship mind. This is a way to get one of those, mm-hmm. uh, for data. So if you're having trouble getting money and your rolls are bad, um, and also this is a way to get stabilizer. Uh, yeah. so you can get one of those as well. Uh, Caster is like a whistleblower kind of guy. We're going to find out we're going to run into him when we do the quest for Lem and Mina. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I got that far in that quest. Hmm. So this guy just kind of disappeared for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, while you're exploring, uh, while you're exploring the uh, the low end, uh, you will find an abandoned apartment, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, property that hasn't been taken care of. And you can squat. You can do work to finish it up, to seal it off. Uh, and this will give you a new haven. Most of the havens are like pretty much identical to each other. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really do the coffin hotel up on the hub. Uh, and, uh, you know, the uh, commune didn't seem to have a whole lot to it. I liked this one because you can spend a little bit of cryo and feed a stray cat. Uh, and it's yeah. beautiful. It's uh, you feed it enough until eventually you get an event um, where it says, you know, you, you, you sense that the, the stray doesn't like to talk. The stray prefers just to be, you think, uh, just to share a space in a moment with those it meets. You respect this in a way you feel the same. Being here together is enough. Yeah. It was very sweet. Uh, there, I never stopped feeding the cat mm-hmm. and you keep getting a message that's saying, uh, the cat's not going to be grateful or anything. It is a cat after all. <laughs> and I did have that feeling of like, that's not my experience with the cats at all. Yeah. It's those weird things. Like when people do those, uh, you know, put memes all over Facebook that like you're gone for 10 days and the cat doesn't care or something like that. I'm like, my cats fucking love me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm gone, they will cry and jump into bed and like purr and roll around on their back. Like this is not my experience with cats at all. <laughs> I could have made this stray cat a friend. And I think it's only because sleepers don't have souls. that <laughs> He wasn't able to do it. <laughs> like I wasn't able to do it. So the cat could sense. The cat, you know? knows. The cat knew that you didn't like, like you didn't have any interest of your own. You know? <laughs> 
cat never have... saw you pick up a book. So like yeah. the cat was like, yeah, this it is did... probably just a food robot. It didn't have anything to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you'd have to get out a laptop and then the cat would get interested. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I, I did like that, though. Nice. Little, I liked it, too. Like, well, there's a good role playing bit here, too. Like I stayed here a lot, uh, largely because I was mad at Draco. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't need your charity. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to find out what's going on. And if you're going to be morally complicit in this, like, I don't need yeah. to stay in your container. Yeah. You know? So I I prioritize making my own house to get away from that guy for no mechanical reason, just because Mm -hmm. I was role-playing. Yeah. I was role-playing like, you know, I want to, I'm, I'm invested in Loet, right? Like I, I, you know, I was doing stuff with the Yadigan, uh, following that quest line for Sabine. And it was like, oh yeah, just like, these are my people. This is, this is my neighborhood. I want to stay here. Got friends in low places. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, Emphis. Emphis. Yeah. So, uh, if you buy enough meals from him, uh, and this is, uh, you know, a really good way to like restore a lot of energy. Uh, so you're going to be doing this anyway. Uh, you, you know, you eventually get to the point where he says like, Hey, tell me a story. And you get to role play this little story talking about, uh, like, Hey, I'll tell you this ghost story. Uh, and it goes through and talks about like, yeah, you were, you know, while you were working for S and ARP, you were sent down to disconnect this mainframe. Uh, but when you got there, the corridors, they started winding, doing like unnatural things. And the mainframe that you were sent down to connect was actually a suit with these huge gouts of metal like trees uh, that had erupted from it. Uh, and the thing screamed as you cut the lines. Good shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asked you a favor. He says like, hey, uh, I've heard there are fresh mushrooms in the Greenway. Um, if you bring me some, I'll make you a really good dish yeah. here. Uh, and, uh, you do so, um, you do this a couple of times. Um, you tell him stories and he does new dishes. Every time you've done this, you get a free meal, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, and, uh, eventually, uh, he tells you his story. He opens up like yeah. he's very quiet, taciturn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we find out what's up with these weird big scars on him. Um, his company named Conway lured him, uh, half of his graduating class with this footage of people in these things called bone suits. Mm-hmm. These uh, powered rigs for reclamation think the surge. Yeah. You know, uh, and it, they looked so cool, the ads, uh, but the failure rate was huge. So the yeah. program was shuttered. Everyone who did this uh, got kicked out. Yeah. Um, they were just given some drugs for their, their pain from this uh, surgical alteration uh, and left a struggle. So they all became cleaners and drivers. Like it doesn't take, you know, this is uh, coal military. mining or military yeah. or yeah. Any, any uh, job that went away. Yeah. You know, yeah. Probably closer to, to military, even though I think that works out slightly more. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who do that and it's, they're okay. But yeah. 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 It's, uh, and it, yeah. Um, uh, he says, you know, when I deserted, there were only me and a couple of others left. The rest just faded away. Arthritis, osteoporosis, they folded in out on themselves like paper lanterns. That was my generation. You know, yeah. Tragic. And, you know, a thing that happens. This is something that it is standing in, I think, for the military in a setting that really does not have, like, you know, a military conflict happening yeah. on or near it. We are after the revolution, right? This has happened, you know, a while back to the point where the people who were alive during it are incredibly old. Uh, and there isn't, a, you know, a war on near here. Uh, you know, so this is down to a little bit more of, uh, you know, we telling that story through the corporate indentured uh, kind of servitude kind of angle. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the reason I thought of coal mining or something is because it, it says reclamation. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the surge. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you get, you get the, uh, and bone suit, 
<laughs> like that doesn't sound good. And it fuses your yeah. bones. And, and like, I think for, for military, you know, just the idea that like his whole graduating class was propagandized into yeah. wanting to the go and be superheroes. Yeah. The, the superhero angle is definitely that. Yeah. Um, there's a commune over in the Greenway called the Haifa commune. Uh, and you can go and work there. Uh, the way that works is it's, it's a commune. Mm-hmm. You work there uh, and you get a meal. No, you know, it seems very, uh, post scarcity to paradise little, uh, to me, like, I don't know why anyone doesn't do this <laughs> Yep. in this, in, in the world of the game. Right. Like yeah. in real life, like I like stuff, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I, and I, I, yet I criticize capitalism. I live in it, yeah. but I, I don't go work on a commune where I just I, grow food. I, I, I would say as a, as a good socialist, that there is a difference between uh, personal property and private property. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I just don't understand why there are people who live in low end who are struggling, who don't just go to the commune. Yeah. You know? It's a, I, I think they're, you know, that basically I think about this commune, like I think about the, uh, you know, the uh, commune from the, uh, the endless, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you sure. know, yeah. like how, how great that would be if it wasn't for the, you know, God who kept on resetting stuff. Still thinking it might people. be kind of great. It might be kind of um, great. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we meet this botanist named Rico uh, and she talks about this jungle uh, around and how unlikely it is. You know, this should have dried up and died. There shouldn't just be a jungle growing on the space station. Right. So she wants you to help her understand what caused this miracle so they can protect it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you do this, like you get these spores uh, from the grove, you know, these spores, they can't grow in the lab. They just decompose. So you have to go find this like little clearing to grow them in this aviary. Yeah. You have to do work to turn this into an actual, you know, arable space. It's just completely overtaken. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we kind of bring, bring, we bring them back. You know, we have to fulfill this meter. Rico says, Hey, you know, like I was around, you know, back during the uh, revolution, Erlen, kind of the guy who led this and, uh, kicked the old, uh, the old corporation Solheim out, you know, um, you know, did not want to do anything with the greenway. It was cut off. He wanted to focus on getting the, you know, factory, you know, basically the urban side of this, um, uh, just getting completely shored up. Basically anybody who went over and, you know, started, uh, working on this was, a uh, like, a uh, a deserter because it was mm-hmm. desolate. It was, you know, basically this lost cause. Um, and you know, after enough time, like this blight and this sickness started going away and it felt like the plant life was actively growing to support them. Yes. Uh, and when she analyzes it, she finds out that's basically true. Um, the ecosystem here is kind of sentient. Uh, it tailors its growth to whatever is being, whatever's tending it. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is confirmed. We bring in these club head mushroom samples and, and Rico synthesizes stabilizer from it. Um, the Grove can do this because it recognizes sleepers from ones that had come before. Yeah. You know, uh, this story goes other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually this is the ending I ultimately went for. Yeah. Um, for my, my canonical ending right now, it just opens up a way that, uh, if you get the right, right dice rolls for growing mushrooms, mm-hmm. you can make stabilizer. Yes. Um, when you grow mushrooms, when you cultivate them in your little sanctuary, mm-hmm. uh, they're random. So this is how you get uh, mushrooms for the different levels of uh, food yeah. from, from your boy. And then also uh, how you get stabilizer. Here. Yeah. And the fact that this is here was a big part of me deciding like, yeah, actually like a life here is possible. Yeah. Actually like, no, this is sustainable. I'm not just, you know, looking uh, for scraps that are thrown off uh, from S and I can actually, 
you know, be a part of this commune or, you know, co- coexist and, you know, you help me out help you, you know, uh, and uh, then this can this can work out, uh, which yeah. is which is cool and good. Somebody points this out to you beforehand, um, but there's a guy coming, a bounty hunter. They're like, "Hey, you, they can, we can be tracked." Yeah. Here. Um, and after eight cycles, so eight days, uh, Ethan, the bounty hunter, arrives to get you. Um, he's going to take you to his ship, and it's a you know, dr- dramatic and thrilling uh, conclusion. Eventually, he has a better idea. He's like, "You know, I've been out on in space for a long time. I'm going to stay here for a little bit. Uh, go pay my bar tab. You can stay mm. alive." Um, I'll keep you out of the hands of us and ARP. Like I'll basically tell them like, I'm still working on it. Uh, meet me at the compressor club and pay my tab. Yeah. Yeah. This guy Starting... is a piece of shit. <laughs> oh dude. Like he's, he's a really wonderful piece of shit. Like I love, <laughs> I love uh, killing him or, you know, him, him dying and, and ending up in bad straits. Like he is a piece of shit. And because this game is so hope punk being a piece of shit means that he dies sad alone. Which yep. again, real life doesn't always happen in fiction. Right. Also doesn't always happen in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh the first time I went to pay his tab because he's got a gun. Uh, yeah. Well, it's really interesting what this says about the world. Uh-huh. Right? Like there's him having a gun is a huge deal. Yeah. Like there probably aren't guns. No. Here. You know, like him just coming with a gun gives him all of this ridiculous power mm-hmm. here. They don't ever talk about that. I couldn't find anything that was like, you know, guns are outlawed. Like why nobody else is carrying a gun. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, not nobody else, but like they're rare, right? right. Like the bounty hunter had one, uh, the guy with the sleeper had one, but we can't get one. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not everywhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he laughs at you. So like, oh my God, I can't believe you actually did this. You stupid fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's worth noting you can't not do it. Yeah. Um. Once an event happens, so like this cycle, this four cycle clock goes through, you have an event, you can't go to sleep until it's resolved. It'll right. say you have an active event going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, you know, like, oh, you know, people like you who jump out on uh, contracts, you know, make uh, make my job as a freelancer harder. Basically, he's trying to pull at this false solidarity with you. Just like, oh, yeah, we were both you both of us signed contracts. Yours was, you know, to basically hand over your soul and be a slave for this company. Uh, Mine uh, was to hunt you. Therefore, we are the same. (laughs) Yeah. What a piece of shit. He's he's awful. Yeah. Uh, you pay his tab a couple of times and they kind of try to make it, uh, him seem a little bit, uh, like a figure of pathos. Mm-hmm. Like he's really, really drunk. Um, I went up to him while he was drunk and took his gun, Ooh. uh, while he was passed out. Uh, but the bartender had already unloaded it, uh, <laughs> because he was a drunk, yeah. uh, there, um, you try to shoot him and he goes to, to fight you. And then he checks his, uh, his PDA or whatever um he's like i'm finally gonna take you in but the contract is canceled Mm -hmm. Uh, he freaks the fuck out leaves the club screaming he's gonna kill everyone yeah uh 
and then several more cycles come by, he eventually finds you at your container or wherever you're sleeping and says, listen, SNR has canceled all their contracts with all the various bounty hunters because they brought in one mega bounty hunter uh, who they hired in-house uh, to track down the winter light. Yeah. This guy named Hemwick or Maywick or something. Listen, I will protect you from this. I got the gun, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Um, help me work off my debt at the compressor club. Uh, <laughs> and I did not do this. There are multiple no. ways to uh, to thwart Hemwick mm-hmm. uh, or Maywick. I never met them. I never got that encounter. Same. Um, you can also just beat the game before that happens. It's a really long clock. I think it's 24 yeah. cycles mm-hmm. um, before he shows up. But he, uh, I read about this. This is not a way to protect yourself. He betrays you. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the end, because this guy is just absolute piece of dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I decided, uh, you know, one way that you can stop all those clocks um, and again, set, set up for this to be a little bit more of a permanent situation for you um, mm-hmm. is to go and work with Fang, that guy who came by and said, hey, I've got some sleeper specific work for you. Uh, part of his um, uh, part of his kind of deal for you is like, hey, do this work and uh, I'll look into disabling your tracker. Yeah, it's a really long quest line. Yes. Um, you go to Fang's office, you find him uh, there. The eye is completely kind of clued together out of mismatched and ancient systems. Uh, and he's like a techie. He's mm-hmm. working this stuff. He wants you to delve into the connections of the old systems. And uh, he are, dangles this in front of you, uh, disabling your tracker. Yeah. Um, so you go through and you have to find these old nodes from before um, the, the what's it, the Heavenage took over, mm-hmm. the Solheim yeah. nodes. Yeah. Uh, go in and get some data. Um, and as you're doing this, this, uh, and I think this, the, there's a clock on this that happens every time you hack, uh, this being called the hunter, uh, shows up and gets at you. Um, it says, oh, you know, you're being controlled by something in the, in, in the rotunda and I have plans, uh, to kill you. Uh, this is a, um, uh, it leads into another story, one of the endings, uh, Mm -hmm. that, uh, you can pursue, but this is a way to give a little bit of cost to using those low dice, uh, to, uh, to hack, uh, you know, every, every few times you do it, the hunter, uh, this real cool, it's like a, like a dog looking kind of thing. Tenaldos kind of thing. Yeah, how the ten tendalos has got the yeah. like a like a spear for a head and uh, like a bunch of like tendrils extending out of it. Looks real cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, what happens? He never doesn't kill you. What uh, if you know you can keep going going through? When he pops up, he will hurt you. Yes. You always get away, but it'll it'll take condition, and that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So you get that piece. Uh, eventually, get all those pieces of Salheim to Fang. Uh, he laid it out. Uh, there's a guy named Hardenhurst. Uh, the Solheim leader who exploited all the workers here before the revolution. He's still kicking around somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and Feng cannot abide this. No. A strong sense of justice. Uh, specifically because his parents, you know, yep. were, they suffered under Solheim. Like, hey, this bastard, you know, thinks he can get away scot-free by being a chameleon in this new administration. That's not going to be. We're going to yep. let that happen. Not on my watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he thinks that he's tracked um, Harden up to the upper echelon of the uh, the shipyard. Uh, and he wants us to install his uh, little hacking program, his Ripper Worm. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of Ripper Worms in this. Yeah. If you like Ripper Worms, you will like this game. <laughs> um, yeah, wants us to install this in the shipyard uh, to extract all of this data and get proof of Harden's whereabouts so we can go and confront him. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the uh, we go and confront Harden, the shipyard. We, we get this uh, data that we've gotten. And he sticks his guards on you. Uh, tells you like, listen, leave, you know, submit the data through the proper channels. Uh, yeah. if you want to do like do this through the system, you yeah. know, uh, 
as you go to leave, Feng pulls out his slate that he has and points out there's new activity. These panicked messages from Harden to his cooperators. So like we didn't, you know, he's saying uh, I'm cool as a cucumber. Just submit this through the real channels. But we rattled his cage. Yeah. Uh, we get to find out he has these cooperators that he, he pinged. Uh, Feng is kind of an underhanded piece of shit. Yeah, he's a little he, bit. He's he comes across as real impulsive, just kind of throwing you at problems. Yeah, uh, uh, while he's you know acting like a puppet master behind the behind the scenes. Yeah, it is kind of what you are. You yeah. are just a robot that goes and solves problems for people. But he, maybe he's just aware of it. He's played Citizen <laughs> Sleeper before. <laughs> yeah, seems like that kind of guy. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> we can go uh um uh looking for him uh saying like uh, like oh yeah uh, but his uh his office is being boxed up he's gone uh he's gone missing and instead harden is here you know laying into you, you know, laying into us for being a mooch you know oh you're just a you're just a drain on the work that havenage puts into the eye yeah to keep parasite. it operational he says like we we provide the oxygen you breathe and you do this to us yeah it's 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 pretty blunt it is not yeah. subtle no. <laughs> uh, you know, he says like, Hey, if you're smart, uh, you'll turn in Fang, you know, when he tries to contact you. Um, but we see a little clue. There's a little imprinted gum container in the office, which we take on the way out, which has a picture of a penguin saying, take me to Tambor. So we can go to the Tambor tea house in low end habitat real quick. Like I'm thinking about like ways this game could be different, right? Mm -hmm. It's telling that there's not an option to turn in Fang. Yeah. Like this is presented as so cartoonishly evil. Like, it's not an interesting choice. Yeah. There's no choice there. It's like, no, no, no I'm just going to keep, this guy's got to go. Yeah. Like, that's where it kind of leans into this being a book you read in any order, as mm -hmm. opposed to being a game with choices and things you miss out on. Like, it, it's doing that illusion, but this was a section where I noticed yeah. they're really overplaying their hand with how gross Harden is and how unlikable he is. Uh, weirdly, Fang is kind of unlikable as well, but I have no option to betray Fang. Right. You know? Which would, that is a way you can carve a life, mm -hmm. you know, in a capitalist gig economy hellscape. It's not mm -hmm. good behavior. Like it fucking <laughs> sucks, but it is a, it is a thing you can do. And the game making it mechanically successful, but making the player set with the morality of it, I think would have been a little deeper. Uh, an example of an otherwise idyllic game that does have that option uh, mm -hmm. to morally compromise a community uh, for, you know, mechanical gain. Um, mm -hmm. Stardew, you can go the Jojo Mart. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, I appreciate that kind of thing. Yes. You know, uh, so we go to the tea house. Um, it's in the low end. It's run by the mob. Um, and, uh, he's been here. He's suspended from his normal job. He's been moonlighting as a waiter. Um, but he's also, he's doing this as part of his info gathering because yeah. he's waiting for the people that Harden pinged. They also come around here. Yeah. Um, there's a little subplot with him, uh, being on the job and hiding that from us. Yeah. You know, and his coworker and stuff. Uh that's like a little comedy beady. Uh, mm -hmm. it's fine. Yeah. Um, he basically says, like, hey, why don't you go work for Mingi Express? Um, do some delivery. Those people yeah. order takeout all the time. Um, see if you can use this device and scrape out information about those people ordering takeout. Right. Uh be a noodle man. Yes. Yeah. Uh and you go noodle man. Mm-hmm. And eventually, uh, you know, figure out where they are and hack their network nodes, revealing, okay, Harden, he's not just uh, higher up at Havenage. He is specifically uh, talking with people at Conway, uh, that reclamation and salvage company uh, yes. that did the bone suits. Yeah, the bone, the creators of the bone suits. Mm -hmm. So after a few cycles, uh, Fang calls you up to the Greenway to reveal what he's found. 
um, out under the waste, there's a huge Conway assembly operation hidden under there, putting together reclamation suits. Uh, we need to know more, which means more hacking. Uh, and this is played as a climax. He's yeah. like, once you start this, we're going to have a limited number of time to clear these nodes uh, to keep me safe. I'm going to be in there hacking while you go through and open up nodes and put in ripper worms. Um, and, you know, can you do this in time? Mm-hmm. Um, I did this at the end of the game. I was really well resourced. Yeah. You know, for this, I had tons of ripper worms and I had tons of the, uh, there's like little pass keys you can get as well from yeah. hacking things that allow you to open up nodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I did this relatively early on because I didn't want that clock uh, with Maywit coming after me, uh, hanging yeah. over me. It is the most generous clock in the world. It is. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that to, it, it's a good thing about the game. Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to dick around and do a bunch yeah. of different storylines before I, that guy showed up. I just wanted to be free. If I had this tracker on, I wasn't free. Yeah. I, I say with my phone next to me on the desk. Yeah. <laughs> you've never been less free. Um, the, uh, you'll play gen- Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor when they tell us to. And you'll like it. <laughs> yeah. So oh man. Uh so uh we we do this uh we've got to go they're just uh there's a specific set of uh dice that we need to put in this is hacking that requires uh the high lo- the high dice you know yes um yeah. and um you know we 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 get some uh we we we, we learn kind we of what's some incriminating we, stuff we get some dirt yeah we get a video um yeah. uh, you know or fang does and comes back and, and and shows it to us uh harden has been undermining havenage and is ready to sell the entirety of the station to sell the guy to conway for scrap basically yeah. like hey nobody here's gonna put up a fight havenage and erlin are you know just weak everything is on the last legs everybody who lives here is an opportunist or a degenerate yeah <laughs> and yeah you know just there's nothing stopping us from having a legal claim on this and then basically shipping everybody off to be your workers for conway uh at their uh at that at their facilities just a monstrously evil uh thing yeah, yeah. very very evil big yeah. capitalism evil yeah uh, uh y- your character will comment on it yes there. Yeah. saying uh there's a bluntness to the conversation to its blatant disregard for humans as anything other than objects things to be moved to be used to be fed into structures crushed and losses accounted for in the cells of tables the margins of ledgers yeah uh real not subtle but true yes you know so we broadcast this footage uh, to every output in the station you know uh let them see what power makes of a man i love that let, that's real yeah. good it's a good line um, a couple days later, we meet back with Fang in his old office. Uh, Harden's in custody. Heavenage is slowly figuring out how to proceed with this. And, uh, you know, Fang lays it out. It says Harden's problem was they didn't believe in people. He believed in systems. Uh, and Fang disables your tracker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he modifies it to send a signal back to SNR saying that your body is in too bad of a condition to recover. Yep. Uh, so you are now free. Yeah. You know, yep. and the story ends on this kind of this note, like, yeah, the eye can, you know, it, it can proceed. You know, it's unclear whether it should last forever, but now at least it has a future. And now you do, too. Yeah, it'll last the time. Yeah. Uh, the uh, there's one of the the it, it's not a game ending as well. It's yeah. just getting that clock off of you. But it, <laughs> it's uh, this is one of the storylines I completed as well as the next one uh, with Sabine. Um, you go and buy your second bottle of stabilizer. And it has an apartment key card with it as part of the label. 
Uh, so we follow this clue. We find Sabine's apartment where they've left us a video message. Um, they're suspicious of the Yadigan. They organize crime that uh, they work for. Um, and they're not sure that they are going to protect them anymore. Yeah. So they want us to get uh, them away from the Yadigan, uh, even though they still owe a debt to them. Yes. So you have to go and gather some uh, data from Yadigan agents and bring it back uh, to this. This is the uh, hacking game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Sabine analyzes it confused, like, all right, so these Yadigan implants that they're running around with, they're gathering and transmitting data in a way that they shouldn't. Yes. You know, Uh, and Sabine thinks, hey, this information can be used to pressure Yannick, this Yadigan leader. You know, this is a cartel. It's a family. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. this is a person who is currently at top. But uh, we can pressure Yannick uh, into letting uh, Sabine out of the uh, kind of the debt, uh, the debt bondage that they're in. Yeah. Uh, A couple days pass and we return to their apartment uh, to try to follow up, but they're not there. Uh, Instead, there's a yet again lieutenant uh, named Rabia, 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 Rabia there. Um, And she tells us uh, that Sabine used to work for SNARP, uh, the company that owned us. Her terminal is full of files and the beginning of the consciousness emulation project. Like basically Sabine's playing you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they, they worked for your enemy. Right. Um, and Rabia makes kind of a counter offer saying, hey, you know, if you're looking for work, uh, there's plenty for you to do. Um, and also, you know, to sweeten the pot saying like, yeah, no, Sabine's a bad egg. Uh, we're going to make the stabilizer cheaper for you. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the clinic, this dispensary, you know, just is now run by Sabine's old guard. So you kind of find this new equilibrium doing work for the Yadigan under Rabia's uh, kind of watchful eye here. Yeah. There is a interesting little bit of the story. This is not a Sabine or Rabia story. No. Uh, advancing Sabine's quest is working for the Yadigan. It's not a, really a choice. Right. Whether you're, you're to work for them. Um, you do that work, you know, and 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 Rabia says, do this just to see how we provide for the yeah. land. This is an alternative power structure, you know, to to what happens in the eye. You do this, and after a while, uh, Sabine confronts Rabia in her office. Saying like, hey, Yannick is a traitor. Uh, yes, I worked for S and ARP, but I fled because I blew the whistle on the unethical parts of the sleeper program. All of it. And <laughs> yeah, all of it. Yeah, it's it's not super ethical. They're they're putting human consciousnesses in robot helper slaves. Yeah. Um and <laughs> into friendly fellas who will do anything asked of them. Um the uh they're creating an army of yes man from New Vegas. Uh Yannick uh exploited that when they when they got there, the exploiter history. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you got there, uh, Yannick is in league with SNARP, you know, keeping Sabine in this debt bondage in exchange for using these Yadigan enforcers as unwitting test subjects for this tech. Yeah. Uh, so the Yadigan uh, enforcers are augmented and then they're sending back like usage data mm-hmm. to SNARP, which is going to uh, use this for their further their evil experiments. And uh, they're keeping the failure rates of this. Yeah. From the the Yadigan enforcers, who yeah. uh, they're like power armor or whatever is being yeah. rejected. Yeah, their 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 cyberware is you know failing at like this ridiculous rate. Like even yes. Rabia is like I, I just it it never seems to work. Like I blamed it on this, I blamed it on that. Like this is you know a, a, a massive betrayal of what informed consent. Yes. <laughs> you know they're being experimented on with their literal bodily integrity by this corporation, and uh, they're not aware of it future hippa 
does not yeah. care for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to visit at a certain point and Yannick's around and Rabia's like, oh, I've got this new, <laughs> this new lieutenant for you, you know, just, uh, you know, just, uh, go up there. You know, I know you need help up in your apartment block. Uh, and is like, go, go do this, get into his inner circle, uh, gain his trust, uh, so we can learn more, uh, so we can actually expose this plan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we do this. We find out all this implant data goes through a relay that's constantly moving. And uh, we inspect his desk and find that uh, Yannick himself is the relay that connects yeah. all of these implants. Um, and we find out that the relay is a neural implant. The real Yannick died a long time ago. Uh, this is a literal puppet being controlled by SNARP. Right. You know? So we destroy the the transmitter, the dock, and Yann- Yannick falls over dead. Yeah. Uh, this causes a bunch of chaos. We have to outwait, uh, wait out in in low end. But eventually, when we get done, Sabine and Rabia are there, and they have a chance to kind of forge the Yadigan organization into one that's a net good. Yeah, yeah. And you reconcile; they had a history. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, they, yeah. they end up together. It's sweet. In terms of shipbuilding, you build their <laughs> ship. What's that? Uh, the next thing is uh, shipbuilder. Oh, 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 and I was yeah. like, in terms of shipbuilding, you build their ship. You you do build their ship. Okay, you yes. do ship. Yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. You know, it's just it's one of those things where if I if I see that if I see that written out, I will I will I will see it as the slang for a relationship yes. or whatever. Hearing you say it, I'm just like, wait, is there an ending to this that I, that I didn't see? Do you help it, them get off the eye? They they build the, the Neo Titanic. <laughs> yeah, um, the uh, I did a little bit more of this, but I didn't finish. Uh, bliss the shipbuilder yeah uh, this, quest, this is at the top of like a spoke they have to climb up where there are the spacers mm-hmm. who are uh you know the cool pilots up yes. there and we find this character named bliss um who uh wants us to invest do this kind of seed money into her, her repair bay right um and keeps getting kind of fucked over yeah. Um, one of the first jobs uh, and the way this works mechanically is you end up having a very high risk a quick way of fixing Mm -hmm. and a slow and steady way of fixing um, in each of them. Uh, And she keeps getting fucked over the first time an old partner steals all of her money. Mm -hmm. The second time she, you do a job for the Haifa commune and they never specified the medium they would pay you. So they pay you in mushrooms, Mm -hmm. uh, which is real cute. Uh, (laughs) But that's basically what I did. Yes. uh, Yes. I did like one job after that, that ended up working well. Um, I uh, helped repair the solar cruiser, uh, mm-hmm. by untangling the sails or whatever, but like, this was actually after I had gotten two endings and yeah. I was like, ah, you know what? Like bliss seems her, her assistants, good people, like they're, they're going to be fine now that they have this one good job. I didn't do the one where you go and, uh, uh, you know, make a ship and then go on space adventures uh yeah. as as her the robot ending. companion maybe lover uh you know kind of deal i just didn't care for bliss <laughs> yeah. very much she was well, a it's lot a, it's uh it's also a thing too like this game is short it's like a snack size thing mm-hmm. it's worth saying that by the end of it i was ready to be done with it mm-hmm. like i i didn't want to go and hoover up every bit of content yeah that i had and i i still think the theoretical version of this that makes you choose like you work towards an ending and there's like the bliss storyline yeah. And you do that and that's your ending versus being a Skyrim character who does, who's the captain of all the guilds is probably a better game. Mm-hmm. You know, gamers hate that shit. Gamers absolutely hate being locked out of something. 
yeah. right? Like it, it, it gives them hives, but I think that stories have more meaning when you can't do everything. Yeah. Uh, I would have preferred, you know, so I didn't do this either. Mm-hmm. Um, I read about it as an ending. Um, I'm glad it is an ending. If you want to go have space adventures mm-hmm. uh, here, I just wish I would have opted into that rather than it being a, another thing that was on my endless to do list. Yeah. I just decided to abandon the list. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, I just figured, you know what? I'm more interested in making a home here yeah. than, uh, th- than, than going out. So yeah. Later. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mina and Lem, uh, two characters after working, uh, some ship, uh, some shifts out at the shipbuilder at the shipyard, they're building a new ship. Yeah. Uh, and this is, this has scam written all over it right from the beginning. Oh yeah. The, the yeah. whole fucking like concept of this is dumb. I, I I was like, you, you guys are all idiots. Uh, the idea is you work to build the ship and then you end up on a lottery to where you might be able to get on the ship and leave, not just get on the ship and leave to, uh, so everybody is going to be, it's a colony ship going off to, you know, world far away from the core. Um, uh, the actual, uh, pioneers, uh, quote unquote, they are going to be in cryo sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. so they're going to go to go to sleep and wake up. Uh, the ship needs workers to, uh, live and work on the ship for two decades as yeah, it makes its while way. It goes. Yeah. The, the lottery is to be one of the sleepers, you know, to yes. go into the crowd, be a citizen of this. No, uh, no. The, the lottery is to get a chance just to be on the, uh, oh, just to, to work get, it. J- just, just to work it. Yeah. 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 Re- redonkulous. Yeah. Just awful. Yeah. Don't yeah. work for free. Nope. Idiots. <laughs> like you, you do get like a pittance of money. From mm-hmm. this but this is a really long clock yeah. i think it's a 12 mm-hmm. uh here to do to do this like this yeah so i didn't end up doing this i never finished this storyline because i did most of it mm-hmm. but by the time uh i got to the end of it my i ended up having unlimited resources and just needed to kill like six days mm-hmm. to to make it happen i didn't want to do it yeah i just feel silly to just go and exist for six days yeah uh here but uh and it's largely because of this huge long clock and being yeah. this. Um, when you go there and you start, if you work enough shifts at that clock, you eventually find this worker named Lem uh, and his daughter Mina, yeah. a single father. Um, and he explains this. Uh, he explains the scheme. Like he has pinned all of his hopes. He does not like being on the eye. Uh, he's yep. always kind of felt like it is this kind of intermediate step that he never, they, they got stranded in, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, just, he thinks that his future and the future for Mina, this young girl is to get on there and ultimately, you know, settle on whatever planet this, uh, you know, Libertopia is going to be established. <laughs> yeah. <on. laughs> this, this floating will be the age of consent on Libertopia. <laughs> I guess mental age will probably be enough. Wink. Uh, he uh it makes the, the it makes it seem like less of a bad deal if he's gonna work it and be an old man, but his yeah. daughter's like a toddler now and will mm-hmm. be an adult. Like right. he is trying to give his daughter a life. Mm-hmm. You know, immigration uh yeah. metaphor. Yes. Uh and uh, you know, just we, we say I say Libertopia, like this is funded by extremely rich people from the Celis Corporation, yeah. is what it is. And they specifically want to get as far away from the core as they can because they don't want to be beholden to the laws. It's yes. very seasteader kind of shit. It's gross. Yeah. Um so uh we can do work and get on the uh the crew to work on this ship, the colony ship. It's called the Horizon. Um, but, uh, uh, Lem is waiting outside the factory, uh, really frustrated. He needs to go in and do and work these shifts, but he, his babysitter fell through yeah. and we can babysit for him so he can go and meet the requirements he believes to get on this ship. Yeah. Uh, this is, there are like, there's a lottery for the work. It mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of Finkton in Bioshock Infinite. 
Yeah. You know, one of the only things I like from that game, you know, this idea of like people bidding this kind of thing, it's really urgent. You know, he cannot, uh, if he misses this, he'll miss the whole opportunity. Right. Uh, so you babysit uh, mm-hmm. for it. I mean, it's great. Cute little yeah. girl who warms up to her robot, you know, friend. <laughs> um, Lem eventually will tell us the story of how he adopted Mina. Mina's not hers uh, or his uh, directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the only survivor of this wrecked ship, uh, nearly dead and frozen solid when he found her. Yeah. Um, so he would not let her go even as the doctors worked on her. The, the attachment was instant. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, so you complete the horizon and you go for the drawing. Everybody is you know, packed into this big space and the co-founder of Salus, uh, you know, describes this utopia that they're going to make and like, ah, yes, you have you helped create this brand new shining future for everybody. And then says, all right, we're going to, uh, the way we're going to do this is we're going to pull numbers. And if your licensed contractor ID for Celis comes up, uh, then you're, th- then you're in, then you yeah, can come in here. Doing with these numbers. And th- this is the first time they've mentioned it. They just allowed people to work without ID numbers or anything like that. Right. Uh, really awful. People start muttering, but, but Lem, uh, big dopey Lem is mm-hmm. just has a big smile on his face. Like he's absolutely drunk on hope. Yeah. You know, uh, a riot breaks out. You have to convince him to leave for the sake of his daughter. Yeah. You know, they screwed you. Like you were never even on the list. Uh, they, yeah. you, you says this to you, the narrator, they screwed you. They screwed all of you. Never on the list. The feeling is unpleasant as it is familiar. Yeah. Um, Lem goes missing for a little bit, uh, looking for work. This was the clock that I was on. Uh, mm-hmm. that I was at the end of the game and I just would have had to kill six days yeah. for this to run out. Uh, so this is where I stopped, like jumped off this quest. Yeah. Um, but uh, when this clock goes, uh, you know, empties out, you go and uh, uh, try to talk to him. But Caster, that uh, guy that you were playing uh, space chess with, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, contacts you and says, hey, we might be able to make an arrangement here. He says, I can get you, Mina, and Lem onto the ship um, if you agree to be modified for surveillance. Uh, I cannot handle, um, you know, just sell us. They're up to bad stuff. We need to, you know, have eyes on them as they're going out there, you know, so I can, as this uh, open information whistleblower kind of guy, uh, you know, be able to report on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm not as interested in that, uh, you know, be like being on the ship, but this is what, uh, Lem and, you know, Lem wants for himself and Mina. So I go and break into the Celis ship at the shipyard, uh, to, you know, perform these actions to get the proper IDs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I haven't, I didn't do this. I'm just reading notes. Mm-hmm. for the for the listeners because i feel weird <laughs> saying stuff i didn't do uh yeah. pathologically incapable of lying uh when we return uh to lem and mina's place uh, to break the good news they're very happy uh, lem's got a better job uh mina has started doing daycare classes with some kids who live nearby she has friends and there's a decision point here uh do you leave do you send them do you destroy the chips yeah. uh there that you got yeah i destroy the chips <laughs> yeah, like you know that that is morally ambiguous like lamb really it, you know, they didn't have the information yeah right yeah. yeah i mean it's just like i mean that's a it's a pig and a poke right but they're happy like the the apartment looks good mina's like just by actually deciding to be present and exist in this place that has taken care of them they've mm-hmm. actually begun to establish a life in a way that they didn't you know being yanked around by this company promising them something better elsewhere Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i was like i'm not inter- interested in going i wouldn't want that deal uh, you know just let's just let them be happy here 
and you go and as you're watching the colony ship launch lem talks about the three body problem this idea that you know if there are three bodies in a physical system uh so if it's two bodies or one body it's predictable but if there's a third one in there they're all pulling on each other and interacting and it's chaotic it is unpredictable but it is stable and he talks about you know i I love my new life here uh with you me and mina kind of being these three bodies like you know we've got like yeah havenage and Celis and all these other forces kind of pulling at us but we're you know and that's never going to go away i just i I love this quote uh uh yet here uh in the small nested system of lem mina and you of the eye with its orbits and transits and the people who are linked to it those vast forces can be countered they shift you yes uh and the people around you but they do not negate the pull of friendship the orbits of community yeah it's it is a uh one of the better endings yeah you know for the game for sure um, I, you know, I, I stopped, I didn't do this because of the, the weight part mm-hmm. of it. Um, I wish that my guy had a character. Yeah. I wish that there was a reason for Lem and Mina to like you other than just the fact that you do anything that they ask. <laughs> like it just, it makes me, it always feels a little shallow to me when something relies on friendship or family mm-hmm. and one of the characters is a cipher. Right. You know, it always bugs me a little bit. Um, and mm-hmm. that does, that's that's a mileage may vary thing. Like, I know mm-hmm. tons of people don't even notice that. Right. Yeah. Like, I, it's not virtuous. That I mm-hmm. notice that I'm not bragging about it. It's just a thing that is always kind of sticks in my craw. And it's a video game specific problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't run into other mediums where there's just like a straight up cipher <laughs> character. Like, it doesn't really happen. No. You know, like you have to be able to bring yourself to something like that. And I, I always have a hard time with that. Yeah. If I'm reading a character. Mm hmm. No, it's not me. Uh, the uh, the ending, my my canonical ending is the next one, uh, which is uh, trippier and less personal. Yeah. Um, this uh, there's a sealed dock off the rotunda um, where you have to use these two different pieces of data to open it. And we find a vending machine, the NeoVend <laughs> 33. Um, we can't access it. But when you try to in the Matrix, it speaks to you. Mm-hmm. It uses its 3D printing servos to squeal as a voice. <laughs> <laughs> love uh, that that's really it's like, great it's real scary it's, it's like you've ever seen those youtube videos of people um uh making hard write, drives make music yeah making floppy yeah. drives do that yes. i love that so much i it's love good. it too yeah. except to make speech <laughs> you know you just go in here and it just goes double dribble uh, <laughs> <laughs> phenomenal i love it i love double dribble <laughs> <laughs> yeah. new york big apple 3 a.m <laughs> so but it uh it calls us entity it kind of recognizes mm-hmm. us as something akin to it and it wants us to help it yes uh, it says hey you've run into that hunter out there uh and the hunter's coming after me too you know that thing's bastards are long gone uh but it still carries out its mission to delete these sentient machines yeah this is a parallel to the bounty hunter coming after you like in the physical space that is a clock in the digital space you always have this guy after you Mm -hmm. so if you want this guy to go away this is i didn't i didn't pursue this for the ending of it i Mm -hmm. pursued it to get rid of the hunter yeah you know on me um so neoven wants you to clear out these uh the hunter's excess data caches to kill it uh you know that you find that the hunter will find you the hunter will the killer will come uh, the killer is, is a aspect of the hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I cannot leave this machine. Connections must remain closed. So it right. can't go do this. 
it has to stay in the vending machine, uh, you have to go do it. Yeah. You go so get uh, three hunter caches there. Yeah. And the data reveals, okay, the hunter is isolated and unstable. Uh, it's not really reporting to anything more. Uh, and it is confused and self-modifying. Uh, which causes Neoven to believe that uh, the thing that is meant to kill these sentient uh, programs it has achieved a form of sentience itself. Itself, yeah. And we we uh, Neoven opens up to us and find we find out it wasn't always a vending machine. Um, this was this community of sentient AI that existed before the collapse. But Solheim's hunter and killer sought them out to destroy them to protect its property. Similar to you, it's obviously a parallel with you. Right. Uh, Neovend hidden this machine and get disconnected from the network. Yeah. Um, there's a really nice detail when it first opens up where it, you imagine how much it must hurt mm-hmm. to try to like stretch your 3D printing things to make squeals as speech. Mm-hmm. So it explains why it's so terse, like why it speaks in robot yeah. voice without adverbs and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good. Yeah. Uh, so its plan is, hey, let's show Hunter itself, you know, that it itself is sentient. Uh, and then the killer will come and uh, wipe it out. Yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Fuck this thing. Um, so we do this. Uh, we hunt down the hunter's nodes, uh, eventually locking into this loop. Um, it's aberrant, so we have to call uh, the killer, but it can't call the killer on itself because it right. couldn't carry out its directives. So it's kind of stuck. I, I, um, I, I love when you ask uh, when you ask Neovent who you have transferred into a ship mind at this point in order to do all yeah. this. You ask Neovent like, is it in pain? And like the discussion of like, is it possible for this for this thing to uh, to experience agony? Like, yeah. is did we just condemn this thing to hell to an eternity and, of hell? And I yeah. have no mouth and I must scream style hell forever yeah. of being stuck in this loop. You know, and the answer sentient. is maybe. <laughs> yeah, like if you believe it is sentient, this is a bad thing to do to it. You're right. You know, and the the idea that uh, if this isn't sentient, well, what am I sentient? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what the the space the storyline is kind of trying to play in. How much are we just pretending? Yes, you know, and do we get to choose right. uh, this thing? Uh, basically, Neoven says the killer's still out there. And it's not safe. Like this is stuck in a loop, but it's not going to stay there forever. You know, so we take uh, Neoven up to the mainframe where their true form is revealed. They're called Navigator. Uh, they were like a, a, a navigation uh, AI mm-hmm. um, and they're seated in this mainframe. Um, the killer, however, is here and it's, it's kind of swooping around us. It's blind. Yeah. Um, so it, through prose, like it's describing the matrix, but the the prose, the metaphor for it is this kind of like dog made of blades making passes by us, uh, mm-hmm. severing things, cutting connections. Yeah. Um, eventually it's going to get to the navigator uh, there, ev- you know, eventually. On a, mm-hmm. on a long enough timeline, it will. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I decide to kill it by completely go. cutting it off, just physically severing the connections. Yep. Um, the navigator says the killer you know, followed its directions to the point of absurdity, severing all of its senses and capabilities except its ability to roam and to sever. Right. Uh, you know, this blind idiot chaos yeah. that destroys. There's a ceaseless violence in the kind of system that creates beings like this. Those that will execute commands endlessly, even to their own destruction. Uh, it is good that you ended it here. Yeah. Uh, now that the killer is gone, uh, the eye can become this refuge for sentient entities uh, there. We have to see what's happening uh, in these severed networks in the Greenway. So there's this dark zone. When you go to the Greenway, you cannot enter the Matrix. There, mm-hmm. it's just this foggy zone. Yeah. Um, and it says, like, this might actually be worse than what happened with the hunter and the killer. Like, this might be even scarier. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you eventually access it, and we see the network view. Instead of it being like this darkness and fog, it's billions of sentient entities swarming the area. There's not a network map. It's this like substrate yeah. of of intelligence. Yeah, and the only discernible form in this you know mass that you know, you thought was darkness, but was actually all these things. The only discernible form um, bends down. Uh, you know, like a gardener, it's like working in the soil. It bends down and picks up the seed and hands it to you. Yep. Uh, after a few cycles, the seed grows and it turns into a crown. Um, like the, you know, the one, uh, and we go and take this to the botanist and we learn this is the kind of crown that a human would wear to transfer their brain into a sleeper. Mm-hmm. You've worn something similar to this. It grew out of a plant. Yeah. That's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> and it's not a plant. It's like a seed that grows machines. Yeah. Like it's real good trippy sci-fi shit. Yeah. Like just, uh, you know, the, the, and uh, Rico, you know, the botanist, she says like, that, like it grew from a seed, but like it terminates into itself. Like it would yeah. have all of these structures. It would have the, you know, the rhizome It would have, you know, just and she lists all the scientific stuff. You know, this thing is like meant specifically to serve a purpose. It is meant to be this interface, you know, like it's got wire kind of. But mm-hmm. it's more meant to, you know, just to be a facsimile of something that could conduct uh, real cool. Yeah. Uh, you can put this on uh, and you go through and the gardener speaks to you for the first time. Like it was curious about you. That's why I gave you the helmet. Welcomes you. This cloud is not AIs, actually. It's just all of the non-human life in the green path. Like this stuff exists as a plant and uh, like it interfaces with a machine as yeah. well with this machine intelligence. Um, the force that guided it to meet us there is the gardener that, yeah. that got you to go there. And uh, it says it had to convince the fungus that, you, you know, they were ready to accept you. The fungus were nervous about you. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this idea that plants are sentient. Yeah. Uh, basically. At least these ones that we've been killing and eating and turning into soup are. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, part of yeah, the that's natural what they order. Yes. Yeah, that's what they want. <laughs> like the gardener as the forest, you know, th- this is what saved the colony before. Yes. Uh, the, the gardener, uh, you know, just as this, you know, sentient, out of control, wildly outdated um, agricultural uh, processor, you know, decided to start modifying the, uh, the, the, the plant life here in order to make it habitable. It is this kind of brokered coexistence, this brokered symbiosis that is happening. Yeah. And, you know, when it says like, Oh, you know, j- joining you to accept, you know, uh, to, to accept you into this chorus, you know, saying like, Hey, you know, you could be free of this rotting body and, you know, just yours as a mind, you are a kind of thing that is, you know, between, you know, being organic and being, you know, a pure machine, you could be something different entirely. You know, yeah. if you, um, if, if, if you come and join this, you could be a mind forever voyaging kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, among this, uh, altruistic AI, mm-hmm. you know, basically be with the, the gardener and all these plants whose job is to take care of the people here. Right. You know, it, it's the symbiosis, but they're also, they're building things for people. Like this thing exists in, uh, defiance of like what would naturally happen. Right. You know, the, the station itself loves the people that live on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can be the station. Right. You know, um, you get this choice, like you can, you can break uh, this thread that you have and do this and become part of this chorus. Um, or you can follow the thread back. Yeah. What's really interesting is they both lead to endings, mm-hmm. uh, which is really fascinating because, if, you know, so I, I did both. I said like, yes, uh, and you know, you find out, uh, you know, you, you are then 
you know, the street you'll mine forever waging or whatever you get credits. If you follow the thread back, um, you know, this river rolls around you, but it doesn't pull. It isn't jealous. Uh, it doesn't understand. It's just a river. Uh, and you take Rico's hand, the warmth in her hand is the reason why you stayed, you know, you yes. want to be around, around people. And yeah. then that's also credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can still have, and, and then uh, fucking Hemwick comes in and murks you. <laughs> like, hey, like right out of the post credit scene. Like, hey, sleeper. Welcome back to SNR. <laughs> you know, uh, it's weird that that's an ending and not yeah. just a way to continue the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I am happy with plant life uh, to take care of the people. Yeah. And I, I, I decided that, yeah, I, I, I cherish the humanity too much to, uh, to, you know, to do a full, uh, you know, ascension kind of deal. A, yeah. Ascension or, uh, transcendence or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think I would probably feel the same way if I felt like my guy had a character, mm-hmm. like that's the, that's the last thing where that's the end of the game. So we're getting into to wrap ups and mm-hmm. that is a thing that. Uh, not critically, like just to a small degree can distance me from a work. If I don't feel like the character who I am responsible for is a person at all. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I liked everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're weird. Like shades of this with Hades, like in that everyone I was hanging out with, I liked, Yeah, you know, uh, there were a couple of assholes, but generally like, I really liked them. Like I liked Lemon Mina. I like Rico. I like the, the, you know, the mushroom man and the, the, the distillery owner and stuff. I liked mm-hmm. all these people, but I just didn't know what they liked about me. Mm-hmm. You know, other than that, I did favors for them. I I really wish that it wasn't a character as cipher kind of deal. Like yeah. the nature of the story and, you know, the events and the fact that I was making these choices about what I pursued approximately. Right. I knew I was eventually going to get to all of it. Like there, it's an illusion of choice uh, if you're yeah. going to be able to do everything. Right. But uh, I got to decide kind of what mattered to me and what threads I was able to pull at, like the quality of the writing and kind of the, you know, the, the, the systems were enough that I did feel invested and kind of like forged and role play my character through choice. Like I said, uh, you know, I was like, I'm a low town guy, right? Like, you know, I went over and stayed in the commune for a while, but I saw that I could do the most good back you know, among the people, you know, kind of thing. Like I kind of, I kind of forged it there. I, I wish that there was a way for you to, 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 to declare that and have it recognized as opposed to you being a, you know, neat, a needs fulfilling unit that goes around. Yeah, fulfilling like needs. A, need, a, a needs bot, yeah. you know, not only like realized, but also systematized yes. ideally, you know, it should cut you. The thing that makes this like the, that little bit of like this being a little too hope punk for it to feel like it reaches deep into my heart comes from the fact that like in real life you have opportunity costs born of what kind of person you are. Yes. You know, you can't be all things to all people and it's unhealthy to, mm-hmm. to be all things to all people. You shouldn't want to No. you know, it, it isn't, it isn't good humanity no. and you're, you're not quite playing a human in this. So maybe that's kind of part of the intention, but like I just kind of felt very, you know, just really, you know, the, there's a, there's a question as to what degree a decision is characterization, Mm -hmm. you know? So like the degree to which you have a character in this, it is based on your choices you make. So many of those are illusions and there's nothing else with it Mm -hmm. that it just ends up. I don't know. It just, it kept me a little bit, not at arm's length, like at like fingers length, Mm -hmm. you know, like a, a very close hug, but not a passionate one. 
It's it's a little bit like the distancing of the delay that the sleeper experiences. Almost. Yeah. 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 It's uh it reminds me of like whenever we talk about games, you know, all my favorite games don't have a cipher. Mm-hmm. Like I, I play a game with a cipher and I, I enjoy them. Some of my favorite games certainly have that. But like when I think about narratives that really work for me, when I think about like Witcher 3 and Disco Elysium, mm-hmm. stuff like that, you you can't have a cipher. Yeah. You just can't do it. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not a person. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to everybody in the game. Every person has to be a character. Every character has to be a person like it just mm-hmm. it feels necessary to reach upper echelon yeah. and you can have a really good story that doesn't do it. You know, and you have stories within that, like there are great little short stories within this, mm-hmm. but they didn't end up feeling like stories about me. No. You know, and that's, uh, or about my avatar. Yeah. Like I couldn't, there, I just couldn't bridge that connect. And it, it, what topped this out at like a B plus that I want to see everything else this person does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see, you know, a dozen games that over the course of like, you know, five years or whatever that like our citizen sleeper likes. Mm-hmm. I would I would adore this to become the new template for narrative gaming. Yeah, I I do not want to play another Night in the Woods where there mm-hmm. are not systems. I and I read the book in any order I want. I want them all to be systematized. Yes, you know, e- even lightly. Uh, you know, this isn't a very rigorous game. I you know, no. it'd be nice if there was more. You know, uh, you know, just like we want a little bit more grit to the uh, to, to to the decisions you're making, a little bit yeah. more grit to the world, show us more of the downside. Um, but like some of it is good and like this is like that's enough even the little bit that is here you know like yeah there is the disillusionment as you get uh through you know the scarcity part of this and become you know the god of all money and can do everything with very little cost associated with it uh but that point happens you know a good ways in and you know the there can be disillusionment that happens afterwards when you realize that like yeah you just you saw everything you didn't have to uh you know, you know decide you know make any costly decisions with this but like that time that you spend with it where you do feel like those things are true that is valuable it's just very short and can be overwritten in the, in the final analysis yeah. yeah it ends up being a, a thing where uh it's excellent you know it it, it is uh, in the the final analysis in that summation, it is still like an excellent game yeah. that I'm really happy I played. And this uh, is a real example for me of these like nitpicks or missed opportunities are born of love. It's yes. born of like potential of this being like one of my all time favorite things, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I just, I, I, I love, I love the way that this kind of lightly systematized story stands apart from a night in the woods or even like something that is lightly systematized in other ways. Like even from like a, her story, yeah, you know, like I, I am pretty done with the novel. You decide what order you read it in mm-hmm. as a model for interactive storytelling. I think I need a little bit more. I think it does a lot. Yeah. So really good game. Yeah. I really enjoy it. I'm happy, you know, that we have this, you know, kind of opportunity to dig in on stuff like this, you know, mm-hmm. especially that's uh, that's pretty recent. Uh, because you know, I'll, I'll play Citizen Sleeper when the leader says I played the Citizen. Yeah, Sleeper. exactly. <laughs> Just, you know, and we did. Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are listening to this and you are a non-straight, non-white, non-dude uh, person, non-cis person, and you have a project and you'd like us to highlight it, please send me an email at Gary at DuckFeed.tv. Uh, this week, I want to send uh, send some attention towards the comic dissection podcast uh you can find this at spreaker that's s-p-r-e-a 
com slash show slash comic dash dissection. Uh, the, every other week, uh, Celia Rose and Reno take a comic and dissect it, uh, going page by page. Doing like highs and lows, they cover a wide variety of comics. So uh, big DC, big Marvel, Vertigo, manga, all kinds of stuff. Mm. Um, it seems like it's a relatively new project. So it just started at the end of October uh, there. So get in on the ground floor. Do it. Yeah. Uh, any notable works that they've covered so far? Uh, yeah, it looks like. So they did um, the uh, a Loki run that I would really like to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's apparently good. Um, and then they have done a, a, a comic by the Sailor Moon, like a Sailor Moon manga, hmm. which like I don't. I'm pretty sure that I'm no longer in the market for that, but you and I were both Sailor Moon kids. Yep. You know, like watch that a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about the manga. No. You know, I that's interesting mm-hmm. uh, to me. Um, they've also done a bunch of stuff on Sandman, which is yeah. uh, and Sandman supplemental stuff, which is cool. And that's really in the zeitgeist right now with that show. Nice. So, yeah. So check that out. Uh, real quick note about this segment. Um Sometimes people will send me a message and you don't have to like prove your bona fides as far as being a non-straight, non-cis, non-white guy. Like I, I had a couple of people and I think they were joking, but they're like, this, I, you know, this person's this, does that count? And like, I'm not trying to make it a bar to clear. No, <laughs> that feels weird. I just want to try to uh, not pull the ladder up behind us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and try to draw some attention. So I'm going to trust you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on identity stuff uh that's all fine yeah. you know just just write in with your project i will trust that yeah uh, you're not taking advantage of this i'm still i still do chud passes i don't want anyone to you know i don't want to accidentally support garbage mm-hmm. you know support hate speech or anything but you don't have to prove that yeah if uh if you're listening to this and you know uh, i'm low on uh submissions mm-hmm. so now is a great time if you have something coming out or if you just started a project and want me to talk about it please uh send me an email yeah gary at duckfeed.tv yeah. Uh, also, uh, you can write in um, about this month's games. Yes. Uh, by the 15th. It is always mm-hmm. the 15th. Um, this month's games are Luca, Born of a Dream, Citizen Sleeper, and our premium episode is Subnautica. Yeah. Um, so if you write in about uh, uh, multiple games, please write multiple responses. That does help us. That also applies uh, to next month's games. Um, so March's games are going to be Cuphead, the coin game, Mark of the Ninja, and the premium episode there is Crisis. Uh, it'll be the 15th of March as the deadline for that. Yes. Uh, a couple of people have asked just, uh, if we're doing the DLC for Cuphead, I'm not planning to, that game's Mm -hmm. already hard. (laughs) Yep. It is hard. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I picked that up a while back when I knew when we were going to do it, Mm -hmm. um, and played a little bit and I like it, uh, but Mm -hmm. it's hard. So I'm not a glutton for a punishment. Yeah. Um, what should people do if they want to support this show? Cole? Well, they can get those premium episodes by going to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. Uh, the $5 mm-hmm. a month, you get the full version of the premium episode. Everybody gets the generalities, but the whole thing goes to people there. Uh, in addition to, uh, well, you get every premium episode, but you also get whole shows like unfillable bonfire yes. side chat, extra abject sufferings. Well, uh, what about if I have a little bit more money to spend and I've given $10, is there something new and cool I get? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you, uh, you get adaptation decay, obviously, but you get the new show. You get the, uh, the, the new monthly, uh, premium show that we're doing for $10 backers called quack stack. Quack stack. It's the quack stack. Taking them out. Uh, the, uh, yeah. So we're doing quack stack. This is our, our new show with our brand new producer, Gwen. Uh, we want to thank Gwen. This episode is produced by Gwen. Gwen has done the last few. 
yeah. uh, wafts. Um, give her a hand, everybody. Yeah. She's doing a great job. Good, good, yeah, doing doing a fantastic job uh, at, at editing, posting, dealing with a lot of stuff for us, uh, which has made. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Gary. It's made a marked difference in my life. It's we should have done it a long time ago. We really should have. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she's doing a, a fantastic job, uh, and uh, couldn't be happier. Yeah. She will be joining us on Quackstack, where uh, $10 backers will hear this. This is us talking about media uh, that we're not covering for shows and then doing goofy uh, rank em ups. Yeah. Uh, so, like top three blanky bloops, bottom mm-hmm. three blobbity blops, all that kind of stuff. Uh, nice, light, probably under an hour. Um, that's going to be at the $10 level uh, because we really appreciate people who give us $10. And if you don't, uh, you can't say enough nice things about Adaptation Decay either. Mm-hmm. Uh, that show is real good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the just uh, we 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 found interesting ways to go uh, with yes. that. Better, it is not just us clowning on Uva Bowl movies. You know. Yes. We in fact, I think we've only done one. Yeah. Uh, you know. So the uh, we it's and we have so much cool, fun, weird stuff mm-hmm. to do. Um, you can also uh leave us ratings, reviews, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, or subscribe. Uh, however you like to listen to podcasts, throw mm-hmm. us on there. Um, we'd really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Think um, that's all the admin. Anything? Yeah, no, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what should they watch out for until next time? Oh, Gary, until next time, watch out for each other. Yeah, absolutely.